You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Folks, it is Thursday night. My name is Troy LaValley, and it's time for chaos. This is episode two of our Masks of Nearlithotep show, which is going to last for the next eight years. And uh, calling this episode two is an insult to episode twos everywhere, because this is really where the story begins. Last week was character creation. It was fantastic. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, but tonight... Tonight is where we jump into this this epic tale. This is just here it is. I still have the one that we're look at look at the size of this. We're playing all of this, whether you like it or not. It's huge, um, but we're gonna get through half of it tonight. I'm gonna move at lightning speed, um, <laughs> just because. Uh, I don't want this to take as long as I think it's going to take. However, before we get into that, before we get into the nitty gritty, it's very important for me that uh, this is a new cast, new group, that we get to know each other. We want to really feel like friends at the table. And so I think uh, a good way of doing that is a little icebreaker. A little icebreaker so we get to know each other a little bit better, get to really know the people behind the characters. So I'll just throw out uh, uh, two questions, and you could pick one of the two, uh, a little soft ball question to get things started so that the, the, the millions of people watching and listening can get to know you uh, and me. Um, what is your favorite ice cream or what is your most haunting sexual encounter? <laughs> I'll start. Pistachio. <laughs> which, that, which question is that an answer to? Yeah. That was the name of the Chicago stripper <laughs> that gave me... The ride of my life. No, I, uh, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Yes. Uh, So, as I try to, as I try to come back from my haunted reverie, Troy, Mm. um, uh, yeah, pistachio almond, bud. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have to answer these questions. Bluebell, Texas company, great stuff. We did ask, uh, we've asked this on all the shows, what favorite ice cream flavor is, and it, it usually just starts fights once somebody says mint chip. Um, oh, that was mine. I knew you were a mint chip. Got <laughs> <laughs> mint chip written all over your face. <laughs> um, no, but I do want to get to know you guys. So what do you want to talk about yourself? What is the most important thing that we don't know about you? We'll start with Kate. Um... I don't know. <laughs> Are we doing two truths and a lie? Two truths and a lie. Or you could choose the most haunting sexual encounter. We're going to leave that one out there. You can always come back to that. Um, no, but uh, what you, you, you were, you're a gamer, but you were a computer geek. What do you call it? What do you do? Programmer? <laughs> I'm hacker? A soft, Are I'm you a an soft... illegal FBI hacker? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I'm a software engineer for money. Um, for a job, so what, is, what is that? What is that all about? 
just wake I up and start go coding. on the computer and I'm like, please do this thing. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll do something else. And you're like, but I need you to do this thing. Cause that's what the shareholders want. And they wanted it tomorrow, yesterday. And yeah, I just have no idea what you do for eight hours a day. Like that just sounds fun. It sounds my fun. Computer, and then I also, um, refine requirements a lot. <laughs> Don't know what that means either. Uh, but it sounds really cool. And uh, I wish I knew how to do that. Uh, are you working in like DOS with like lots of code? Like remember when you used to use MS DOS, you have to know all of the little handles to try and I get things so. to work? I guess so. I mean like with engineering, like you're working in a terminal, which I guess looks like that. If, mm. Like, yeah. But I mean, I, I work in mainly JavaScript and Ruby. So it's a more friendlier English reading friendly language than maybe something like Java, which is like, you can read it, but it's pretty verbose. And it's like, what's going on? Like, like Ruby is just kind of like English. You can read the instructions. And you're like, oh, I know what this program's kind of doing. Um, Seven or eight. My mind is blown. Yeah, this- I, yeah it's, I feel like there's so many jobs that somebody says that they do them. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's seven Coder. or eight people in the chat that are fired up about what yeah, you do. Stock mm-hmm. trading, um, scientist, <laughs> teacher. It's a lot. Confuses me. Yeah, like a day trader. What do they do all Yeah, day? what are you doing? What are you, you're just you're losing stealing, money all day? Just losing your tie money. stressfully. <laughs> ah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob, what's something we don't know about you that we should know? Uh, or you don't uh, want us to know? Or most haunting sexual thing? So okay, so the haunting <laughs> sexual thing. Um, it's not that haunting, but it just is like, a, yeah, uh, well, okay, this is kind of combines everything. Uh, <laughs> I got started a little late, guys. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Troy <laughs> knew me in high school. He knows things were uh, not great for me in the lady department. Um, they continued that way uh, for a while. Well, I'm not going to say how long, but let's just say past that, past high school. Um, so I wasn't the most experienced uh, gentleman, and uh, I definitely have a, a, a vivid memory. This is not too graphic, so don't worry. But early on in my uh, escapades, um, I went to uh, grab a condom. Uh, that's a prophylactic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a safe sex situation. And I, um, I have the ability to cut myself on almost everything. <laughs> I've cut myself on a shrimp tail <laughs> once. Um, Is that a sexual I think a thing too? Got me once, um, and a condom wrapper got me. <laughs> Just full on, just paper cut level, like, ah, like I scream, like there was some sort of screaming happened. Um, didn't do uh, wonders for the mood uh, at the time. I think we ended up, you know, figuring it out, but uh, it was not. Just looked like a crime scene. And it was early on, right? It was early on into the, uh, what is now a storied career. Uh, and, uh, but it was definitely like, uh, oh, is this, is this going to happen every time? So then, you know, then in the follow up, Sessions, there'd be a very tent. Like I'd be very careful, just very slowly. <laughs> minutes ticking by. <laughs> Get a pair of scissors, gingerly. Yeah, peel. Um, so there you go. That's a good one. That uh, that 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 wins so far. Uh, God, I'm just imagining like a, a, a universe where Marvin Gaye includes this in like Let's Get It On. Right? It's like, <laughs> oh, you man. cut yourself on a con, baby. And I cut myself <laughs> on the bleeding out, out and everybody's concerned. <laughs> yeah. fingers, a little cut will bleed for a long time on the Everything's finger too. Everything's going dark. 
<laughs> Your vision's getting blurry, baby. <laughs> Nora, how would you like to continue this horrible conversation? Uh, uh, you know, let's just uh, shift gears a little bit yeah, uh, and talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll do something that somebody doesn't that most people don't know about me. Okay, that's a good one. Um, and that was prior to being a full time professional nerd in the gaming niche. This this thing that we do. Uh, I I had a job at a time. I got paid for doing this. I was a cadaver dissector. For Whoa. for for a few years, like a real like real cadavers or the yeah, game yeah. operation. Yeah, no, it was real. It was part of the university, <laughs> and I was uh, first was like apprenticed to do it, and then was like, oh, we're going to hire you to do this for us. Wow! Did you have so, to wear those the, the little smelling things under your nose so you didn't smell it? No, although that would have been so helpful. But Mm-mm. we did. There was uh, one time during the. Uh, winter break where it was just two of us with the cadavers and we were like hacking away doing our thing because it has to be like ready for the spring semester sure to, to show classes so we're we're working while everybody's away uh but we have got the music blasting and so we had apparently there was a noise complaint and so uh, all of a sudden a cop busts in the door and I have like a scalpel in my hand and I was like and then like I do this and I drop it <laughs> and like, he's like oh that there was just the guy comes in he's like yeah there was just a noise we were seeing about the noise first day on the force <laughs> like almost fainted yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so that that's something that uh, a lot of people don't know about wow. me in this, what music in the gaming were you that was my question it yeah. was, uh, I don't remember it was it, but it was like an 80s playlist at the time thriller. I just but I don't remember what specific <laughs> song thriller maybe some Holland um, psycho killer it's yeah. just music that heads. doesn't um, I don't know like music that you doesn't suggest you're maybe dissecting a body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was Susu Studio from uh, yeah, it's, it's all, Huey Lewis. Is, it's, uh, it's, uh, any we had Bateman the clear raincoats on, and yeah. Oh my god! Wow, that was that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> I was not expecting that. You learn something new every day. Uh, oh, Russ, what 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 the hell do do we do we need to know about you? Holy uh, moly! How do how do Trump's uh, condom mishap and and the time spent quote hacking up cadavers. I mean, there's unquote. a theme here. It's mutilation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Whether it be code fingers or bodies. Yes, yes mm-hmm. uh, red in tooth and claw. Um, what the hell? Uh, <laughs> I don't. Some, some good like b- b- mayhem tales. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I uh, well, I'll, I'll, I will say I may have mentioned this before, but maybe not on the subject of weird jobs. I worked on a cruise ship for a little while. Oh, I was yeah. like, I, for about uh, four months, I was on a. I worked on a cruise ship as as an entertainer, um, mm-hmm. and uh, in in a ship that went around the Mediterranean. But what you learn about the ships is that it's a. I mean, it's a floating city, so there are um, morgues on every cruise ship. They, 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 there are aged people that Did take not know cruises that. and they, um, and sometimes 
sometimes things happen. So on any given uh, carnival cruise is like someone is like acoustic guitaring a Jimmy Buffett song next to a tubular water slide several decks down. Someone may be having an experience not unlike Nora's um, <laughs> so embalming a body fresh from the chocolate buffet. <laughs> Shit. We, another one drowned in the chocolate fountain. Yeah. <laughs> we got Code another Alpha. one. Code Alpha. I fell, into a, I fell into an internet hole once reading about just the, um, the, the, the whole bureaucracy and everything behind working on a cruise ship. And it was mm-hmm. the most depressing thing I've ever, like in terms of the it's a bizarre place. If you want to break your contract before you're back at your home port or whatever, you just have to get off. And it's, yeah. it's up to you to find your way back. It's gnarly. If you if you if you if you have shore leave, so to speak, and you miss the window when the ship leaves, they ha- they have your passport. So you yeah. got to cross multiple um, governmental uh, multiple borders sans passport. It's it's rough. And they, they like don't they purposely fly uh, like the flags for different countries so they don't have to follow the rules of the country they left from or that they're technically owned by. <laughs> it's its own, it's its own law. Out there. Hold on, law it's it's on to your passport. Isn't that like trafficking? If they're like, if you're being transported from place and you don't want to go, but they're not giving you your passport. Take it up with Norwegian cruise lines. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah. I think it's, it's technically, I think for your safety, certain ports, they give it back to you um, because certain uh, ports of call and customs, Require that you have it on you. Others, you just you just roll on and off. So a, ver- a very a very eventful several months. Wow. Dude, we should just play this adventure because I'm seeing all five of our stories linking up while while Rob is is entering an amorous situation. There's blood the everywhere ship, where they always happen, <laughs> right? And they have to take him to the morgue. And uh, <laughs> Rob's stumbling like one goes blasting. Right? <laughs> yeah. While Nora's working on Danny it. Elfman's I'm the Krieger in this Archer situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kate's hacking away to try and move passports around so no one knows about the victim. And Pistachio and I are having a hell of a time on the fourth floor. (laughs) Well, we'll tell that story another time. Instead, we're going to segue from that into our adventure. That does that actually does have ships. That's the only way you can get around. Uh, There's there's no... uh, intercontinental flights here so it's going to be a lot of uh, role playing 20 days at sea to get from country to country and we're going to role play every second of it um, so I don't have to prepare episodes when I don't want to but uh, I did prepare tonight's just because I can't help but give and I think we're just going to jump right in I'm going to set the scene with a little uh, scene actually Um, can I get uh, the DJ to play some some hot beats behind me. Maybe uh, something that's got like a heartbeat. It's, it's a very short scene. Ooh, there it is. That's DJ Khaled we had uh, working <laughs> the ones and twos for this episode tonight. Thank you. It is not. He would be screaming his name right now. <laughs> yes. We, we, we would have heard We the Best by now. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Khaled. That really ruins the immersion, DJ Khaled. But I want you all to kind of jump into your imagination if you have one. Some people are born without imaginations, and they live a very sad life. But assuming the four of you have imaginations, I want you to picture a dimly lit corridor of what looks like a hotel. might be an apartment building, but it has a... 
and hotel field. These old apartment buildings, or apartment buildings now, a lot of them were old hotels. So um, that's what we, we see. Lights come up on this, and the, ho- the corridor just stretches all the way down. The lights come up, and we see at the end of the hallway is a single door. And we hear the footfalls of several people walking slowly down the hallway toward this door. As the door starts to come into focus, you see the numbers 410. Someone, perhaps one of these people walking towards the door, knocks. And you hear that like goo, goo, goo of the knock. And after the knock, there's this sound, this muffled sound of maybe a cry and, and quick movement from within the room. There's an intense sense of foreboding that lingers in the air, for you are certain on the other side of that door, something terrible lies within. After the briefest moment of hesitation, the door to room 410 is thrown open, and we rush in as the scene fades to black. From there, lights come up on a rather bustling market district somewhere. And then like a a lower third in a James Bond movie or one of the Marvel movies, a little title comes up on screen that says, Lima, Peru, March 18th, 1921. Over the past month or so, maybe a little bit more, each of you in whatever places you are in, has heard about uh, an upcoming expedition, either in the international press or through uh, academic associations or any association that you may be involved with. Let me direct you to Roll20 for one such article you may have seen. Uh, Let's see here. Documents there. Okay. If you refer to your little sidebar here, you'll see an article that's titled Search for Ancient Pyramid in Peru. Do you see that? Yep. Mm -hmm. Explorer plans expedition to discover site of lost civilization, Lima, January 12th. Explorer Augustus Larkin is planning an expedition to the southern highlands of Peru, where he hopes to identify the site of a pyramid long forgotten by history. Following the discovery of a number of gold artifacts in the region, Larkin believes that he has found evidence that will lead him to their source. He is currently in Lima, planning the expedition, and is recruiting companions and possible backers. So whenever the four of you have come across this news, whether it be in the paper or through some of your contacts, there's something in this that has intrigued you. Now, for Nora's character, the intrigue is a lot more obvious. You study cryptology. Of course, you'd be interested in something like this. But for others, that intrigue may be more veiled. Whatever the case, over the past few weeks, each of you has reached out to this Augustus Larkin and secured your place on this expedition. 
In the past week or so, maybe in the past couple weeks, you received a telegram from him. Who would like to read that telegram that is also now visible on your sidebar? From the Uh, Trans-Pacific Telegraphy. I'll do it. Do it. I I shall do it. (laughs) Um, Thank you for joining the expedition. Stop. Please join me in Lima. Stop. Have booked you room at Hotel Maori. Stop. Meet 18th Oh no! There's a there's a big magnifying glass over this word. <laughs> Click the magnifying glass; it'll blow up. Ah, science. Uh, <laughs> meet 18th March at 7 p.m. at Bar Cornat Cordano, Hiron. I think so. Ancash 202, Distrito de Lima. Stop. I took French, by the way. <laughs> so I apologize for butchering that last half. Augustus I'm Larkin. To, I'm going to do the same thing. Um... So you get this telegram from Augustus Larkin. You've joined the expedition, and he's telling you where to meet. So now we come back to that bustling market, and we see a sign for Bar Cordana. Let's say Ross's character arrives. Ross Vaughn appears in the front door of Bar Cordano. And you see inside, it's a restaurant that's pretty tastefully furnished. You see wood paneling and fixtures and a tiled floor. What does Vaughn look like? Um, you're, as, as Vaughn walks in, you're seeing a sort of roughed up, genteel uh, visage. A sort of like boyish face. It looks like an overgrown schoolboy. Um, a shock of kind of strawberry blonde hair and a and, and mustache with a couple days uh, growth of, of beard in several layers of uh, jackets and, and tweed um, sweat slick face and like a little cigarette dangling from his uh, 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 lips and uh, it's like, um, so he just like strides in makes straight for the bar it's like if someone can get a gin around here, it'd be only too shame-making if uh, one couldn't in a place like this. Been in Belize for too bloody long. Anybody anybody around here speak the Queens? And, uh, so, like, <laughs> so he walks up to the walks up to the bar and, and plants himself down. Let's say Nora, your character, is sitting there at the bar, um, and you hear this British gentleman speaking English uh, in a primarily Spanish speaking town. What does uh, Fairuz? Is it Fairuz or Fairuz? Fairuz. Fairuz. What does Fairuz look like? Uh, Fairuz is a tall, slender uh, Arab woman. She has uh, light olive skin, dark hair, dark eyes. Uh, she's wearing a, um, a simple black dress and like a sun hat. Um, you can tell by her appearance that she's very smartly dressed but doesn't have a lot of money. Um, but keeps herself put together. She's carrying um, with her a messenger bag and she's got like stacks of notebooks and um, different journals and textbooks with her. And so you hear this guy, does anyone speak the Queen's English? Do you respond? Do you make a... Yeah, I speak, I speak sort of the Queen's English. <laughs> 
I'm not super regal. So yeah, and if that's within his earshot, like immediate, like swivel over to, over to you. It's like, ah, and I suppose we'll make it two. It's uh, not quite sunset, not nearly tight enough for my liking. Make it two, barkeep. Uh, dose Jean the poor favor. As he's uh, trying oh, to wow. make himself you... understood. He's like, uh, the yeah. name's Villiers. Pleasure. I'm Feyre's. You really don't know how to blend in, do you? <laughs> That's okay. Neither do I. Afraid of... Yes, afraid never never really uh, uh, been my forte. Once, uh, once I've been wound up, then I'm afraid it um, just keeps coming. Rather. Um, he's like sucking one cigarette down. He's just, like lighting the next one. <laughs> do you want to make his drink doubles? As I over to the bartender. <laughs> oh yeah, just like mm, capital idea. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you and I are going to get along just fine. <laughs> He's like, uh, I think so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you want to tell me what you're doing here? Mm. Expedition into the mountains. Oh, you're here for the pyramids. Is that right? I suppose when you read it over the wire, then um, it shouldn't, shouldn't be that big of a secret. Yes. I've seen I've the pyramids got- of Giza and a few of the step pyramids around Memphis way as I made my way across Tunis and on through, uh, on through Cairo, on way to uh, Tehran. But uh, I, I thought I'd take a, take a gander at what's around here. Uh, some friends might have the bloody idea that they're all connected somehow. <laughs> a lot of rubbish. <laughs> but I suppose I'll see it with my own eyes. Anything to keep the dogs from my back? What? (laughs) I... (laughs) Your travels are impressive. I can't say the same, but I've studied a lot. Hmm. I, too, wish to see or go back to Cairo one day. I was only a little girl the last time I was there. Hmm. Yeah. Build a camel around the thing. It's got a devil of a bite. (laughs) I thought camels spit. I didn't know they bite. No, there's very little they don't do. <laughs> so you know, keep me on their few bloody humps. I feel... You know, after a few drinks, I might ask you more about that. Hmm. Bartender so, comes over with three bottles of gin, places one in front of Nora, two in front of Ross's character. <laughs> now that's service. As <laughs> I uh, look at you, um... And I just maybe look over. Must confess, uh, <clears throat> in this for the um, the adventure. But are you uh, are you really on the expedition with this uh, Larkin chap? I too got that uh, wire, but uh, it's it's in my field of study. You see, I study cryptography. Hmm. Well, I study propulsion. Huh. Uh, Wherever, uh, wherever I'm inspired to go, that's where I'm headed to. I see. So what is it that interests you in this, in particular? <laughs> There's only so many things uh, that one can see before they, uh, they shuffle off this mortal coil. 
I just want to pack as much as I can in the old bean before it goes. Living on borrowed time as it is. <laughs> All right, if you don't want to tell me exactly why you're here, maybe you'll tell me after a few. Well, very well. Just say futures and loosen tongues. He's like... Cheers. And as you toast, maybe Kate's character, Margot, saunters up to the entrance. Uh, Kate, you take this whole thing in. What what does Margot look like? So Margot has um, dark hair. It's short. I mean, it probably looks similar to mine currently, where it's really, really short on the sides and maybe a longer on top. Um, she has bangs. She's got a button-up shirt on and trousers. She has her bags and... Um, a sketchbook and a camera around her neck maybe looks a little disheveled just traveling here and probably overhears people speaking American English <laughs> um, and is just looking for someone to help her out here so I bet she saunters over and is like oh excuse me oh are you Mar- American I'm t- oh, I can am. you can you help me you, I'm trying I'm looking for Augustus Larkin Funny you should say that. I'm looking for him, too. Oh, so funny. Yeah, there's a bit of that going around. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to stay with you. And she, like, starts putting all her shit down. (laughs) You won't find any Americans here, darling. I'm I'm sure you can tell by the the effervescent and blinding amount of class radiating at you at this very moment. Oh, yes, your class just screams (sighs) across the room and, yeah. What's your name, sweetheart? Marco. How about you all? I'm Feyruz. Uh, he's like not even removing the cigarettes. Just billions as he's like calling for a, a third glass and sliding it over to you and and pouring you four fingers of gin. <laughs> oh, thank you. What is this? It's clear. <laughs> oh. Takes it, makes a face. Hands you a bottle of gin as well. Um, so you guys are getting pretty lit up on gin. Uh as Rob's character Carter arrives and you see immediately these three people that look completely out of place in the bar amongst the locals Um, there are obviously tables in the back and there's a lot going on but you're drawn to this what does Carter look like because Carter's got a very unique look Uh, yeah I guess as we see Carter sort of enter uh, we see him in profile and he's very like kind of chiseled jaw kind of classically handsome man uh and then he turns, and we see that the other half of his face is covered in this very, like, thin copper prosthetic facial mask um, that's painted to kind of match his skin tone. Uh, so obviously it's coming up, covering up some sort of uh, a wound that he doesn't necessarily want uh, to show off. Um, and as he turns, he's just like, just doesn't <laughs> mean it's like, I need, a, I need a fan. I need either a ceiling fan or uh, just, it's so, guys, it's so hot. Here, does anyone speak English? Fan? Fan-o. Uh, and he starts, like, gesticulating, like, you know, really obnoxious American, uh, assuming that people should just understand his language. You see uh, Feyruz rips open a page from a journal, folds it up into a fan, throws it over at him. He's like, that's the best you're going to get here. Well, it's going to do. And he picks it up and is just like, oh. You guys here for the old uh, the old temple uh, shenanigans? <laughs> oh yes. Cool, me too. 
Wow. I speak in a way that might sound more futury to some people. There might be times where I drop words that sound a little anachronistic. Well, you you look futury. That 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 plate. It's the cat's pajamas. Oh, Truly. I. You flatter me, my lady. She looks at all of you Americans like approvingly of the mm-hmm. slang she just used. Like, mm-hmm. as well. Says you. Looks like he uh, upset the wrong fella. Uh. Yeah, I, uh... No, no. And, I, and, I, and, I, and Vaughn maybe extends his hand, and he's looking way more serious than he has up until any point. Yeah, it's like... Yes. Well, to speak uh, out of turn, old boy. Great to meet you guys. Um, looks like we got a little, little party Come going on. on before the party, huh? Hmm? And he's just pointing at the all the, the various glasses and bottles that are now covering <laughs> the, <laughs> the bar. Three Bombay mm-hmm. Sapphires. Um, you know, even well, though whatever it's... it was, I'm sure you gave as good as you got. And uh, I'll slide over uh, another glass for you. Oh, uh, yeah, that, I shot that horse. Hmm? Hmm. Huh? Oh, you think... Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm not stupid <laughs> enough to fight in a war. <laughs> <laughs> Just staring ash falling. Like, kind of... Is that one of your slang terms that I'm not familiar with? The sh- shots is a horse? Uh, no, I literally killed a horse that oh. kicked me in the face. Um, oh. While oh. I was uh, giving my uh, <clears throat> wonderful wife assistance, uh, the, the horse, the mare she was on, oh, she kicked me. And uh, that has given me uh, cause to put a uh, tin prosthesis on my face. But thanks for calling it out. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Well, you're not really trying to be very inconspicuous about it. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, it's this or just, you know, a big gaping maw in my face. I figured one, you know, kind of better than the other. The maitre d' comes over and uh, this is uh, uh, in, do, do any of you speak Spanish? Or any of you have the Spanish language skill? Well, so nope. I read that if you know like um, like um, uh, English or German, you like by default know a little bit of Spanish, like type of or like there's there's groups of languages that you can know. Maybe Spanish isn't one of them. Okay. Well, I would say you probably if you knew you were coming here, you had a long boat ride yep. over. Maybe you t- had a little book of Spanish phrases you were at least looking. And so you get the sense that he's asking you, do you have a reservation? Are you meeting someone? Um. Oh yes. Um. Uh. Augustus Larkin? Uh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, um, looking for uh, uh, Senor uh, Larkin, yes? Uh, yes, yes, and he's like, uh, this way. Um, and he takes you in the direction of the back of the restaurant. And I should say, in March, uh, you're all playing it uh, correctly. It's summertime. Uh, it's like late summer in Peru in March. The temperature is going to fluctuate anywhere between 65 and 77 degrees. 77 doesn't sound that hot, but the humidity makes it feel like it's in the 90s. Um, And for all of you, uh, you've got to be a little sticky, um, even if you're dressed appropriately. So, the maitre d' leads you to the back, uh, right up to a table where there are 
three men already seated. Uh, at the head of the table is a pale, thin, white man with greasy blonde hair and blue eyes. He looks relatively young, but his skin uh, is a bit saggy, and he has noticeable bags under his eyes. Uh, his white linen suit that he's wearing also appears a little bit baggy. Um, you think maybe it needs to be tailored, or maybe he lost some weight and just hasn't had a chance to get a new suit yet. You don't know. Um, you smell cologne, or a strong smell of cologne uh, as you walk up to the table. You don't know if it's coming from him. It smells good, but it's just, it's a lot. Um, to the left of him is a uh, rather gaunt man with very pronounced cheekbones uh, and deep-set, uh, piercing blue eyes. He has uh, unkempt, medium-length brown hair. Um, it looks like he's given up trying to style uh, in the uh, Lima humidity. He's got a mustache and a little soul patch. And uh, he's wearing a, an old frayed cotton suit um, and a wide-brimmed black hat sits on the table next to him. And finally, across from him, so to the right of the man at the head of the table, um, is a middle-aged African-American man of, uh, you know, average height and build. Uh, he's got short hair, and he's smiling uh, behind a, a, a big pipe that he's holding, and he's smoking. He's got on a tweed suit, and there's a fedora hat sitting next to him. So the man at the head of the table stands up when he sees you approaching, uh, and he's like, Hello, uh, thank you for coming. Um, I am uh, Augustus Locke, and you're a host for the evening, as it were. Uh, I trust you have uh, gone through the always awkward character introductions between strangers who have never played together. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <clears throat> excellent. Good. Not and you're about it, old boy. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I'm. I'm always worried about that section of uh, of an actual play, but uh, it seems that everything came out aces. I left my accent uh, on the boat. Apparently. Good. So good. Uh, I'm just going to move on without it. Yes, you'll often find that uh, in the early sessions, accents change a lot until you really nail down what it is you want to do. But I hope your travel to Lima was without issue. Uh, please, uh, have a seat. Join us. Yes. We were just discussing and uh, uh, bonding over our various um, encounters with animals. I was bit by a camel. My friend here was kicked by a horse. And I'm sure before too long, we'll have a run-in with an alpaca, too, if I knew anything or two about this little country of yours. Uh, the guy and I looks... need about three glasses of gin before I understand anything he's saying. <laughs> uh, you say alpaca, and he just uh, he looks to the guy to his left and like smiles, and the guy to his left he's got the mustache is just like emotionless. Um, but he he's like That's, that is it is very funny that you say that. But we'll get to uh, why uh, later. Uh, in the meantime, uh, allow me to introduce my uh, my companions here. Uh, he points to the guy that he smiled at uh, that was uh, emotionless. He says, uh, this is my uh, personal aide, uh, Luis uh, de Mendoza, and uh, and this here uh, is Mr. Jesse Hughes from New York. Uh, he is a folklorist and, uh, like you, has, has taken the call to uh, join us on this expedition. Uh, now, um, two of you Two of you are from America as well, uh, like Mr. Hughes, correct? That's right. Oh, yeah. I bleed red, white, and blue, baby. Where where exactly uh, are, are you located out there? Um, well, I'm over at Miskatonic University. We're in Massachusetts. Oh, 
That's so bizarre. I'm also from Massachusetts.、Uh, I currently live in Gloucester. Isn't it funny how we can't decide on how we should talk from that area? <laughs> I thought about it and、uh, realized that、uh, I, since I actually grew up there, if I messed up a Boston accent, I would be killed by many people I grew、right. up with. So I've decided to eschew that. Well, I、right、didn't、now. grow up there, is what I'm going with. And so,、uh, you know, I'm just there for my studies, but that's where I reside currently. So the,、uh, the, the older guy,、uh, or middle aged guy,、uh, smoking the pipe is like, well, it's a, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. I, I've spent some time、uh, in, in Massachusetts.、Uh, beautiful, beautiful country.、Uh, beautiful country. Well, welcome.、Uh, please uh, join us.、Um, And、uh, Larkin sits down and he's like,、uh, Well,、um, I, I want to hear all about your travels、um, uh, as, as we look over the menus. And he、uh, kind of snaps his fingers, and a couple waiters come over, hand you guys、uh, some menus. And Larkin's like, The food here is excellent,、uh, especially if you like seafood. I don't know what everyone's、uh, dietary preferences are, but the seafood here is excellent. I, I highly recommend the uh, Escabeche. Uh, if you've ever had it, it、uh, it's a hot,、uh, sweet and sour fish dish. I've had it several times. It is、uh, quite delightful. So, did you have any troubles finding the place? How long was your journey? Please、uh, tell me everything. I'm, 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 I'm dying to know what it was like coming over here. That's a very good question. Well, <laughs> uh, I spent. Or you could just tell me your favorite ice cream or any haunting <laughs> sexual encounters you've had.、Yeah. This is where we get to know each other. We're going to be spending a lot of time. Well, I ate on a rocky road, but I wasn't on a rocky road. I took a ship over here, and、uh, here I am. You are quite the firecracker, I can see. Yes, the ship and、uh, no dysentery, I take it. Oh, why would a lady ever talk about such things? Hi, that's right. That isn't, that isn't restaurant talk.、Uh, what about you, young lady?、Um, is, it, is it Margot? Margot? Margot. Yes. And, and are you from、uh, Germany? Yes. I, I think that. I'm trying to do the TH as a Z, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that、uh, my trip was the farthest. Oh, I, I don't believe that's accurate.、Um, yes, I had to cross the ocean. Did anyone else cross the ocean? Yes, the, the, the two people from、uh, the United States most likely、uh, crossed the ocean.、Uh, But they didn't cross it back and forth. It was up and down. This and is true.、Yeah. This is true. You may have had the longest journey, but then there is uh, uh, your other companion here, Mr. Mr. Villas. What was your journey like? You came from、uh, England. Took a, yes? took a steamer down the coast from Belize, old boy. Now, that was where I first saw your little、uh, article and responded to your telegram. But I've been、um, trotting all over this big blue marble for the last、um, several years.、Um, What do you do for, for a、speech. living? I understand、okay. we're all breaking the ice. But let's just barrel forward. Yes? Yes. Your natural rhythms will just come to you. Even if you say things like you're speaking the Queen's English, even then we all know because it's the 1920s, England currently has a king, George V. So we're speaking. <laughs> I was going、King's、to say、English. something, but I decided to just keep it. There was a Queen once. I just want to put that out there for any pedants in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> What is this, chat? Oh. 
Yes, well, I, you uh, you have come from so far, and and I was hoping people such as yourselves uh, would would take me up on this uh, opportunity. Well, uh, I'm sure you have many questions. Uh, I'll give you the the sort of nuts and bolts of uh, what we're what we're going to do. Uh, and the food starts uh, arriving as he's talking, and he, he basically explains the, the 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 nuts and bolts of the plan. But he glosses over a lot of the details, so he kind of expects you to to ask questions. But the plan is to head into the highlands of Peru, uh, locate the site of this lost pyramid, and hopefully recover some valuable artifacts. Um, without explicitly like saying so or getting your hopes up, he, he keeps referring to the fact that like uh, there is a chance for great wealth here. This is a legit lost pyramid, and if you are able to uncover the artifacts within, we could all be wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. But he doesn't want to like overstate that, but that is the the gist that you're getting from him. Um, Or in lieu of that, at least uh, realize some measure of success within your chosen fields, especially uh, Feyruz. Um, So he goes through all of that, eating away, uh, ordering uh, Pisco Sours, um, and he's like, uh, but, but I, I, I imagine you have some questions. You've come uh, just on uh, uh, a few articles and, and a telegram. Um, please uh, ask away. And <clears throat> if there's anything that I can uh, enlighten you about, I would, uh, I would love to do that uh, right here and now. Um, I have two questions. Is the food is part of the exhibition here? I don't have lots of money. Yes, of course. I, oh, I will great. be taking care of. And she of... like takes fish and <laughs> drinks and just gonna stuff. Also, um, this must be hard. Why don't you just go get the the, the things? Um, so, like, what's hard about doing this? Well, it's always better to travel in groups, and especially having groups with uh, various different skills. Um, I am, a, uh, I guess you could say, an archaeologist by trade, but uh, having someone with uh, uh, Firuz's know-how and, and uh, Mr. Villa's skills, it just it helps flesh out an expedition. You never go and do these things uh, by yourself or in groups of twos. Uh, I don't want to say safety in numbers because I don't think we'll see any hazards, but it is always better to bring multiple minds. Uh, along with you on the journey. Uh, and in terms of uh, the, the food and whatnot, consider, consider yourselves my guests. Uh, I will be taking care of everything, uh, including supplies for the expedition. I will provide all of the supplies necessary. Um, of course, if there's anything special uh, that you think you need to buy that isn't included in what I give you, just uh, purchase it and, and save a receipt, and I will uh, reimburse you uh, at the ex- end of the expedition. You have given up uh, your time and, and your life life, really, to come and join me on this. I want to make it as easy as possible. Well, that's very generous of you, Mr. Larkin, but I had a question for you. Yes. Have you done any scouting yet? Scouting? Um, no, I mean, I, I, I have spent some time in the area where I believe these pyramids to be, but I have not done uh, scouting so much as, as research. Um, I suppose I should tell you how I found out about this pyramid in the first place, and perhaps that will answer your question. I was traveling in the highlands where we are going to be heading, um, and I met, believe it or not, Mr. Villas, a local alpaca 
farmer. Hmm. Uh, this farmer, a, a man uh, by the name of uh, Ernesto Molo, uh, he and I struck up a conversation. We were talking about the area, and he said that his grandfather, long ago, had discovered these tunnels beneath a lost pyramid uh, in the mountains, somewhere in the mountains. And while this grandfather was exploring the tunnels, he he, he took two items and, and brought them back home. Uh, and then he left and never returned to the site uh, out of some superstitious fear. Uh, until the day he passed, however, he would always tell his family that there were other treasures in these tunnels as well and that, and he always wished he, he took more with him uh, when he went but uh, he didn't. He believed the place to be cursed and, and feared uh, ever returning having stolen these items that obviously did not belong to him. Um, the, these local superstitions you must understand uh, run deep not only in more civilized areas like here in Lima, but uh, in, in the country, it, it, it runs rampant. Um, anyway, in speaking to this man, I asked to see the artifacts, and I purchased them from this farmer. Um, allow me to show you. And he uh, he turns around, and he reaches into his bag, um, and he lays on the table a pendant and a golden cup. And the pendant is in the form of a, a man who looks like he's holding two staves or maybe two rods. And the, the pendant is embellished all around with these rectangular shapes. And the golden cup is uh, carved with uh, various geometrical patterns and uh, circles. And it's inlaid with turquoise. Um, has anyone ever any points in archaeology? I believe I do. Shocker. Got uh, one point. You got one point. In our, <laughs> let's see if you roll rocks, Kate. But, um, Shoe a match. <laughs> go uh, on, go I, ahead did, I did put, uh, I did take points in archaeology. Not Great, just lot, for the hell of it. But better than one, which I started with. <laughs> uh, yeah, go ahead and give me a roll for it and see if uh, if anything rings a bell as you look at these items. Uh, I failed that roll. Kate, did you roll a one by any chance? I'll, I'll try. Hold on. I also have a Success. praise. I'm not sure if that applies. Uh, you know, a praise all. wouldn't hurt, um, but right now you're looking for the archaeological significance. I'm sure uh, a praise might tell you how much they're worth. Well, I did really good. I got a 13, but that's not enough. Oh. You could spend Ooh. luck if you wanted to. I mean, that's not crazy. We are using the, spend luck. the optional <laughs> luck rules. Uh, that is awesome. All right, so spend 12 points of luck. Uh, you'll have a chance to recover uh, some of those back next session. Um, Would I be able to inspect it to see if anything... Seems like it's a coded message. Does it do, do these geometric things look like it's language based, or is it just a pattern? That's yeah, yeah. Roll. What like is that? Your uh, cryptology. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give that a roll as well, okay. and then I'll kind of combine this into one giant answer if you succeed. Okay. Ooh, I just made that one. Just made that one. Okay. And you were, you wanted to know specifically if it was a, a language based thing or yeah are these geometric patterns just shapes or do they look like it's language based okay um, so from the successful archaeology check and I'll just I'll roll Nora's success in as well the first thing you realize Kate is that uh, these two pieces are from distinctly different time periods and cultures um, 
the first one represents uh, artifacts that somehow in your collective unconscious um, were probably taken from Tiwanaku and dating back to the 5th century. And the golden cup is of Incan design, probably from the 15th century. So, Nora, you probably know uh, Tijuana, Tijuanaco uh, is a pre-Columbian site in Bolivia, close to the border with Peru. It was discovered by a Spanish conquistador in 1549. It has been a, a site of serious archaeological study from the 1860s, but little is known of the inhabitants, as they left no written records. These shapes don't seem to have any language correlation whatsoever. But it's very strange that these would be not only from two different time periods, but from two different cultures. So it was one place there once, and then some other culture came in and took it over. It's very strange. The pendant, where, which civilization did you say that was from? The second, the pendant was from the uh, Tiwanaku. Oh, Tiwanaku, okay. And the second one was Incan. Incan, yeah. I had the phonetic pronunciation of Tiwanaku, and I... I lost it, but anyways, I'm well, sure I've there's people knocked out of the game entirely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I've taken you out. I've, <laughs> I've ruined it. Um, so Larkin lays these on the table. In fact, there's a great um, image from the book of this very moment um, that I will show you as well on old roll twenty, mm-hmm. and you can Aww. see there's Larkin. There's. Uh, De Mendoza and there's Jesse Hughes and there is the pendant and the golden cup laying on the table so he goes on to say uh, you know there are, I'm sure there are more learned archaeologists and historians, historians in the world uh, than I but I know enough to know that these items are, are quite old and quite valuable if there is indeed more treasures like this within the Lost Pyramid, we will truly be rich beyond our wildest dreams. Now, while this farmer could not give me a precise location as to the site, uh, he was going only going off his grandfather's hearsay, my research has provided enough detail to narrow it down and, and make an expedition uh, out there viable. It was just by pure chance and dumb luck that I met this farmer, and now it is all our good luck to be the first professional expedition to uh, visit the pyramid and and bring its story and treasures to the outside world. The treasures is the thing that I'm, I think I would be the most excited to find. Well, Mister Tillinghast, you should uh, you you'll be very pleased, I'm sure, then with the outcome of this expedition. He's Carter's just like. Mouthful of like fish stew and was just like staring at the, just really staring at the cup. Like his <laughs> eyes were really lighting up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll find all the cups you want. That's the spirit. You keep your stories. I'll keep the cups. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, we must we must share all cups. Oh, but please, uh, I'm sure you must have other questions. Um... To be honest, I'm just happy to be here, man. I'm just pumped to be. Away from uh, my uh, <clears throat> my wife, uh, just you know, I think it's important for us to spend some time apart. Yes, um, and this is just—I'm just happy. Thank you. Can I just no. say that? Can I say thank you, sir, and you, and you? And he's turning to the other guys, and to the stew, and to the people that own this bar. I mean, who knew? 
Lima. Is, it's lovely, isn't it? Well, you I'm know, having a ball. It's a little steamy. It's, but, it's uh, is, yes, it is hot. Um, and you see, he's he's really sweating. He's sweating more than all of you. Um, and he's like, yes, I, I, even I am not accustomed to this weather, but you'll get used to it. And, and as for your wife, you know, they always say that uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I, I really hope so. <laughs> Do you know anything about the villages or who, who inhabit these uh, mountains now? Um, there are there are local uh, indigenous groups that live in the area, but they all uh, shun the area that we'll be going to. Again, it all goes back to their superstitions. Uh, I believe this pyramid to be up in the highlands, uh, closer to uh, Lake Titicaca. Um, it's a huge... <laughs> Carter's... Laughing. Yes, it often gets that reaction, <laughs> that that oh, middle school real. reaction. To, yes, Lake Titicaca, believe it okay, or not. Okay, yeah, no, all right, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's a few it's- days uh, journey from the city of Puno. Uh, <laughs> yes, another fun <laughs> word, Mister Tillinghast. Um, oh, you know, I could, okay. I could right, show I'll you a. Stop. Let me show you a map of the area here. And uh, he, he pulls out a map, but, like, as he does, he's kind of looking around at the other people in the bar because he doesn't want them to see. Uh, he's like, uh, let me just... Uh, I'll, sh- I'll show you where I believe uh, the ruins to be. So I've marked this map where he's pointing. He didn't write it on the actual map because he doesn't want anyone to uh, see his work. But if you look... You'll see Lima right along the the coast here, uh, right under the word Peru, um, and your journey will take you to Puno. And he believes, and you see there's Lake Titicaca right uh, between uh, Peru and Bolivia, and then uh, right there is where I've put the ruins. That's where he believes them to be. Um, And this is just based on his research because no one's ever been there. What sort of superstitions are people worried about? Well, they, they just believe that sites like this, long abandoned sites, I mean, look at these items, uh, that, that, that the, the spirits of the people that uh, created these pyramids are still locked within. I mean, you'll see this mm. no matter where you travel, uh, whether it be the, the pyramids in Egypt or uh, uh, anywhere. It's, it's all just uh, silly, Locals. if you ask me. Yes, so much superstition. But, um, the locals have a name for the, uh, the culture of the people that made this um, rather secretive uh, pyramid. No, uh, they 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 don't even go near the area, and in fact, they probably don't even know where it is. Um, that is why our expedition will be so important because we'll be able to come back, hopefully, with the knowledge of who created it, uh, who uh, who lived there over the centuries, and, and 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 what it was even created for. None of this information is known whatsoever. But uh, you know, we, we, with the exception of this this uh, grandfather of an alpaca farmer, uh, there are no actual stories that I have found of people that have discovered the pyramid. So we will be the first. That is what makes this so exciting. Um, it is exciting. Mr. People will write about us. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure. I'm sure this is what attracts Mr. Hughes here uh, the most. And you see Jesse Hughes, he takes his pipe out and he's like, uh, yes, I, I, I look forward to, to writing many a tale about our journeys. Yes. Um, see things. Not, yes. Not seen by mortal men or women in time immemorial. Seen only in 
The imaginations of our wildest dreams. Shelves and of golden cups. Just mm. whole All boxes full of them. Yes, a once in a lifetime experience. Yes, uh, any number of any number of vessels of any number uh, make, model, and metal. <laughs> but the more expensive ones would be would be preferable. Yes, I, again, I, I believe we should. I, I don't want to overstate this because I, I don't think we're going to show up and there'll be nothing there. But I truly believe if these were just two of, of all the items that, that exist down there, uh, unless it's been raided before we arrive, we should come out of there with, with things that we could sell to any museum in the world. There'll be a bidding war for the treasures we find. Uh, Mr. Hughes speaks up and he's like, uh, uh, may I ask, uh, how will we be getting to the site? Uh, Puno is... Is, is pretty far from here. Um, and Mr. Larkin says, well, I, I have hired three trucks to uh, uh, to take us uh, all, uh, along with our supplies, to the city of Puno, uh, right on the shores of Lake Titicaca. And then once there, I plan to, to, to buy some pack animals, stock up with fresh food, because we won't be able to take trucks uh, into the direction of the ruins over that type of uh, land. We'll need uh, animals. But once we're there, I, I hope our journey to the pyramid will take no more than uh, four days across open country. If you enjoy camping, it, it, it truly will be uh, an experience. And uh, thankfully, in uh, Puno, it's it's not quite as humid as it is here in the highlands and the mountains. Uh, the air is is far more crisp, so I think you'll find it much more agreeable. It will be a, uh, an experience you will tell your your children and your grandchildren about. Most vertiginous altitude there, I guess. Oh yes, yes, the altitude is much higher up there. But it, if anything, it will just make you feel euphoric. Hmm. And we get the pleasure of introducing ourselves to a different sort of beast of burden. What? Give a little wink to... My bud over there. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kind of like... Anybody have a psychology... Any points in psychology? Oh, Uh, a little bit, yeah. I I, I do have some points in psychology. As do I. Yeah, if you have any points that? in psychology, go ahead and give me a roll for the hell of it. Oh, Ooh, mine's low, but what the hell? Yeah, the only, only thing you risk is fumbling. Oh my god, I did it. <gasps> I you did, did it? I had, I've only have ten in psychology, and I rolled a five. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, you got the half, that's a, um, it's a hard success. Hard success. Would you roll, okay. Kate? I have a 50 and I failed. I rolled a 78. Okay. Uh, at least nobody rolled a, a fumble. Um, what is that? Uh, fumble is a uh, a one hundred or a ninety five to one hundred, or maybe it's okay. ninety six to one hundred. Actually, if your skill that you're rolling on is under fifty, I got real close. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's when bad things happen. Um, also, keep in mind as we're learning the rules of the game and hammering the rules, you can always push a roll that you fail. But when you try to push a roll, there's two kind of contingencies. One, you have to explain to me what you're doing that's a different approach to the re-roll. And if you fail that roll, there's always a negative consequence. So there's this like a, a high risk, uh, high reward with pushing a roll. But sometimes you're like, I need, I need this roll for a psychology roll like this. Certainly not worth pushing. Um, so. As you're sitting there and, and listening to Larkin and questioning him, you just notice, uh, and this would just be uh, Vaughn, that there's like this weird 
tension between DeMendoza and Mr. Hughes. Uh, he's just kind of like giving him a dirty look. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to tell if maybe before you arrived, there was like an argument or something. You don't get, you don't really see that. But like DeMendoza is just giving him like dirty looks throughout the whole thing. I mean, he just looks like a real sourpuss to begin with. Um, so it's just something you kind of register as you're, uh, you know, taking everyone in around the table and your, uh, your companions, your current companions do not notice that. Um, as far as you can see from Mr. Hughes, he seems like a really nice guy. He's ex- as excited as you are. He obviously has his own reasons, uh, for coming here. Maybe, uh, I'm sure you have all your public reasons and your private reasons. Um, but he seems cool. Demondoza little weird. He doesn't say a word. He just kind of sits there with his arms folded, picking at his food. Um, but Larkin also very agreeable, very nice. Um, so what else uh, do I need to let you know? I'm sure you want to know when we set out. So uh, we are to leave Lima for Puno in three days' time, uh, early in the morning on Monday March 21st. Uh, I have made arrangements for all of you uh, at one of the best hotels uh, in Lima. Uh, it is the Hotel Mori, and it's located right in the center of the city. One of the best things about Lima is everything's walking distance. You're never more than 10 minutes away of, uh, from where you need to be, and likewise, even from this restaurant, you're a hop, skip, and a jump uh, from the Hotel Mori. Unfortunately, when I booked the rooms, uh, there was no uh, other rooms available for uh, Mr. de Mendoza and myself, uh, so we're staying at the Hotel España, um, which Again, is about 10 minutes away from uh, Hotel Mori. But we will meet Monday morning, 8 a.m., right in front of the Hotel uh, Spania uh, to depart. And, uh, yes, we must not not miss that time because that's when I have the trucks and the drivers arriving. And in order to make good time uh, to Puno, we need to leave at 8 a.m., not a second later. Uh, and then once we get to the pyramid, uh, the plan is rather simple. We will examine the site and, and recover any and all items of, of special archaeological interest. What shall we do while, while we wait? Well, I'm sure you are tired from your journey. Um, so you should you should rest up. This will be uh, a lot of traveling, especially uh, the overland travel once we arrive in Puno. Uh, it will be strenuous, uh, even though the air is crisper and the, the weather is more temperate. Uh, it's it's going to be a rugged travel with our with our pack animals. Now listen up, uh, Larkin. I've been perfectly mum since the moment that telegram came to my into my possession. Yes, but if this has gone out in the press. Are there any other treasure seekers making haste to this uh, little high pyramidy up in the up in the Andes? Hmm? Is this is this a race to the treasure? Well, it's, uh, it's funny you should mention that. Um, I'm glad you have not asked to uh, look at my research or the research I've done because I have destroyed all of it uh, for fear of this exact same thing. Uh, I, I sit here and I make fun of the uh, superstitions of the locals, and yet I am uh, equally paranoid. Uh, while I am glad that the uh, the press has uh, taken up an article on this uh, so that I could find uh, people as wonderful as yourself and, and Mr. Hughes here, uh, this is... A, a concern of mine. Um, 
And now that the word is out, uh, anyone could be mounting a competing expedition. So I just destroyed all of my research for fear of that. But luckily, uh, I have a, a steel trap up here, and it's all up here, and uh, we should be fine. And even though I do not know the exact location of the pyramid, I feel like... I can get there in less than four days' time with all of the research that I've done to this point. Now, you asked uh, Margot. Um, Margot, what is your last name? Oh, geez. I don't know how to say it. Uh, give it's, it to Woe. That's different in English. Sour. <laughs> Sour, yes. Uh, miss, or is it Mrs. Sour? Miss. Miss. Miss Sour. Well, uh, you asked uh, what to do with your time. I, uh, I suppose uh, you could do some supplementary research uh, if you have time to assist. You could visit the uh, Museo de Archaeologia e Antropologia at uh, the uh, Universidad Nacional Mayor de San Marcos. Uh, I'm sure there are, are old records tucked away there somewhere that are forgotten about. Uh, whatever it is you decide to do, as long as it doesn't delay the start of the expedition, be my guest. If I were you, I would just uh, rest for the travels ahead, get your mind right, get accustomed uh, to the time and, and the culture, and uh, don't don't be like me and drink too many Pisco Sours, which, by the way, the Hotel Mori is famous for. Did you know the Pisco Sour was invented by an American bartender? And now I actually become, did know that. Yes, and that's, now it's, it's, it's big here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get into it all right now, but yeah, that's the, when you brought it up, I... Well, please, it, fun, fun information like that's always fun. I've never had a Pisco Sour. Me, the keeper, Troy. <laughs> they sound delicious. That's good, yeah. Yes, so, um... <laughs> Oh, I'm, 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 I, I will admit, I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, so I'm probably going to call it in, uh, an early night. It's not feeling well. Uh, I do apologize uh, if I end this uh, dinner early, but um, I want to make sure that I myself am uh, rested up as well. <sighs> and he's just like dabbing sweat on his face. Did you eat something, man? I mean, you were talking before about dysentery. It's... Yeah, Margot like leans back and she like covers her nose. She's like, "Are you contagious? What's? You know, are you sick? You no, know, I, uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say that I, I do suffer from the the long term effects of uh, malaria. But I, I assure you, it will Ooh. in no way uh, affect my fitness uh, for the expedition. Um, y- you kind of all notice uh, as the the dinner is gone on. There's just this, like, stink that is, it kind of will hit you every once in a while in your nose, but then it's overpowered by that cologne smell that you smelled when you walked up. Um, and, 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 and you realize throughout the dinner that the cologne is coming from Warkin, and it's just, it's just too much eau de cologne. Um, but from time to time, that cologne smell will dissipate, and you'll get this, just real horrible stink, almost like rotten meat. Ugh. Um, How long have you had these artifacts on you? Uh, these artifacts I've had now for uh, since uh, since uh, right right uh, before the holidays, since uh, November December. Yes, the article was published in January, uh, and it was around that time that I felt ready to assemble this team. Hmm. Yes. And about uh, how long have you been 
suffering from these side effects of malaria? Well, I, it's 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 been a long uh, problem I've I've had to deal with. I actually. Uh, uh, you may not know it to look at me, but I grew up in uh, Kenya, uh, though I consider myself uh, British. Um, and I, I contracted it uh, there as a child, and it's just been this ongoing problem that I've had to deal with. Um, but it, it comes and goes, and I'm, 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 like I said, I'm sure I'll be fine uh, by the time it's, uh, it's, uh, it's time to mount the expedition. I am sorry. I Maybe I, I should have cooled it on the Pisco Sours. Do you ever do that? When you're, you're sick, you'll still drink alcohol? Or is oh, that I've just me? Yeah, yeah. I used to, I, every time I get a cold, I'm like, I should have a screwdriver. Yes. Because <laughs> that's orange juice. Sometimes yes. it's the best thing for you, old boy. Oh, Nothing uh, clears the blood like a, like a bit of a cognac. Or a, and of course, you'll, you'll want to have a few bottles of quinine in your, in your kit bag when you go up the mountain. Hmm? Yes, well, I, I, maybe uh, I'm, I'm glad you've you've uh, you've reassured my my terrible alcoholism um, <laughs> that I drink when I'm violently ill. Uh, every roll spot hidden check as he's talking and like Ooh. clearly trying to call it a night. You know, he looks he looks sick, and you notice that he was he had like bags under his eyes. I got thirty nine under fifty. Woo-hoo. I got a 50 under 75. Woo-hoo-hoo! Uh, 24 under 75. Wow, we're going to make it a foursome, Rob? Uh, I failed. Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I failed. Carter's still staring at the cup. Just, just licking his chops at that cup. Ooh, I love that cup. <laughs> all right, so the other three of you, Margot, uh, Ferruz, and Vaughn, all notice uh, as he's kind of getting up and getting ready to excuse himself, uh, the like cuff of his shirt, uh, comes up a little bit, and you see uh, that uh, the the veins in his wrist looked very discolored. And the second thing you notice as he starts to stand up, and the blouse uh, or his blouse kind of opens up a little bit. He has this like uh, black tattoo peeking out of uh, his shirt that you couldn't see when he was sitting down. It's just. Seems very uncharacteristic uh, for him to have this. Uh, you can't make out what it is, but you do notice those two things, like discoloration around his uh, the veins in his wrists, and this uh, some sort of black tattoo that looks to take up a, a large portion of his chest. Um, and he says, "I, I, I do apologize, uh, Mister de Mendoza. Will accompany back, uh, accompany me back to the Hotel España. But please, uh, the, the 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 restaurant has my uh, my credit card. Uh, if those exist in 1920, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, but I, the point is, I will be Your paying scroll. for this. <laughs> yes, there's my, my oh, carrier nice, pigeon. Yes, I, I gave them my carrier <laughs> pigeon address. Um, What's the difference between medieval and modern? <laughs> there is no. It's one or the other. That's, they will send a raven." To me later mm-hmm. with the bill, yes. uh, so uh, please, uh, you know, within reason. Uh, don't, this isn't a time for a party. There'll be time to uh, pop champagne uh, once we finish this expedition. But <clears throat> right now, I need to. Uh, I need to call it a night. Otherwise, I will be a mess. Uh, yes, by yes, that. I've seen malaria and the dengue fever take stouter men than you. Um, uh, it was so wonderful meeting you, and I, 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 I truly, I, I cannot say this enough. I cannot, I, I cannot wait uh, to to go on this well, this journey with all of you. So um, have a wonderful evening, Mr. Hughes. Uh, it was wonderful to meet you as well. Um, we will uh, we will talk again soon, uh, Luis. Uh, come, 
And uh, De Mendoza stands up and just kind of gives all of you a dirty look on the way out, but especially Mr. Hughes. Uh, and they exit Bar Cordano. <laughs> Carter just turns out and was like, well, he seems like a perfectly normal man. <laughs> In every way. Yes, the paragon of charm, I dare say. What was um, with the other guy that was all sour biscuits? Oh, I think that was just your standard 20s racism. <laughs> did Mr. Hughes stay behind? Or did yeah, he's, always- he's sitting with you, um, smoking a pipe, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to use the restroom, but uh, would you care to grab a drink with me at the bar? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's yeah. party. I'd love to. I'd love to chat with you. Uh, excuse me for one moment. And he leaves his pipe on the table and uh, goes off to the restroom. So you have a moment to kind of talk amongst yourselves before he comes back. Hmm. Oh, this is this is going to be fun. Hmm? Yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know if it's the. Does every place in here, uh, 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 Lima, smell like? Are you guys picking up on that? I don't smell it as much anymore. It's underneath all that musky cologne that was just like death and rattlesnake piss and roadkill. Yeah, I wish he had said somebody had said. I mean, Carter's like opens his jacket. He has all these tiny vials of like. I pride myself on smelling wonderful at all times. <laughs> uh, I have many many different odoo things. Uh, so just heads up. Part of the reason I'm probably here is to provide. Some good smelling, some hygiene. If anyone needs anything, let me know. Half, half of my trunks are personal care items. I had many people with me on various expeditions, but never traveled with my own personal perfumery. <laughs> it's important. It's important. It's good for morale, I've noticed, uh, just in day-to-day life. You gotta look good, you gotta feel good, uh, as much as, you know, as possible. The olfactory sense is often neglected. So, yes, I was catching an ode to something mm-hmm. over the course of our little meeting. That's a smell I... I have smelled before. He seemed really veiny. Yeah, yes. his no. veins were, were blue. And really gross. And yeah, I know too many academics to be as practiced as he seemed to be in the Polynesian arts. Hmm? What are you what? talking about? Oh, didn't you see that stick and poke about his breastbone, old boy? Oh, oh that yeah, <laughs> Polynesian. Oh. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, you guys are. Fairly perceptive. Me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can spot punch good. That one might call hidden. But. Also, before Hughes comes back, I don't, I don't know you, but I don't know them less. Um, those two artifacts weren't from the same time period. Hmm? Like, no, and them. they could have been in the same little tea set. What? Oh, well, they, they could have been in the same little tea set. The, the pendant was from like the 5th century and then the golden cup since 15th century well then I mean maybe I should ask the question as someone who uh, <laughs> has been known to uh, lead people uh, mislead people uh, from time to time oh is it accidentally um, what I mean is he what if he just grabbed those two things what if he's just making it up two separate Time periods that far apart? Well, that would be the point in making it up. Yeah, that I don't know. Spend a lot of money on just this food. All I know is that if someone's gonna lie, sometimes it's just fun. What else do you know about lying? No, uh, you know, just um, 
occasionally, <laughs> uh, you know, when you grow up like I've had to grow up, you gotta, you gotta learn to, uh, you know, convince people of things that might not be true all the time um, in order to you just uh, get the things that you want uh, in life. Val. I don't, it must be the Pisco Sour or whatever this thing is called. I'm just opening up to you guys. <laughs> Give me a retroactive psychology check. Me? Those, anyone that has it. No. All right. Let's try this again. All right. Yeah. 50 exactly, nope. but it's not under 50. So that no, nope. as long as you match or go under, you're good. Oh, cool. Yeah, as long as you don't go over. Anybody else succeed? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, no. Okay. And just remember, if you succeed on something, always check it, because uh, during the development phase, you'll get a chance Question. to increase those skills. Does using your luck to succeed count for the check? No, it does not. Dang it. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm 95% sure it doesn't. Uh, it just, you, you also don't, uh, you can't use luck on, like, damage and stuff like that. Yeah, luck is one of those wild cards that doesn't, uh, you can't use it for that. But that is a success. Um... And so, yeah, Margo, you know that this this alpaca story, something about it seems a little too convenient. Um, and obviously there's more to it. Um, you also notice that, like, as the night went on, he was getting uh, paler and sweatier um, and his hands were trembling. So... Something's very off about him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like uh, the effects of malaria. Does anyone so have medicine? Practiced in the arts of uh, perception and uh, creative approaches to the truth. You think this Larkin chap is on the level? I've never, I've never seen malaria, but I don't. I don't. Um, well, having failed all of my psychology roles, I can only assume that he's telling the truth. Although, uh, like I said, uh, you know, he's not, uh, something about it doesn't feel right. Stumbling upon all of this seems too convenient. Yeah, here's what seems really fishy to me, right? He's got a bunch of local people around. Why would he have to go send this telegram out to people to bring them over to Peru, where he could have easily hired people locally? But if... If it was easy to hire, if they were if they were willing to go, they wouldn't have had to do what he had to do to get us over here. Well, but they don't like apparently want to do won't, it. Won't go near it. Mm. Why is that? Hmm. Did any of you have medicine? Nope. <laughs> no medicine. Okay. Unless I roll a one. Got a That's one. You got a one, so you can you roll a one? I mean, I can, but okay. like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, what the hell? No. You've, been, you've been right Failed. out. <laughs> um, as you're talking and, and, and you're like, something doesn't seem right about him or, or whatever you said, uh, Mr. Hughes comes back over and says, something isn't right with him indeed. Would you care to join me at the bar and uh, we can talk a little more? There's no place oh, yeah. I'd rather join you, old boy. And I just then hop up and follow him over. All right, so you go over to the bar, and, and it's kind of full, but there's a section down the far end that is open, and so he kind of motions you over there and goes to the bartender, please, anything, anything they want uh, is on me. Um, and he orders himself, like, a small whiskey. 
as he's packing his pipe. He's like, uh, so do you, do you trust this Mr. Larkin? As much as I trust any other stranger. How much do you believe of what you just heard him say? I suppose a little bit of it strains credulity, Sport. Not least of which because he seems to be decaying before our very eyes. Yes, yes, I believe that to be uh, the effects of uh, withdrawal from some kind of drug. But that's not my area of expertise. What are you saying, sir? Do you think this Larkin chap is some sort of hothead? I think there's a lot to Mr. Larkin that we don't know. But the one thing I am pretty sure of is that he is leading us into danger. So why why are you here? Your, well, that's your your thoughts. Well, first I should suppose I should tell you that uh, Jesse Hughes is not my real name. Uh, while I am from New York, uh, I am also no folklorist. Uh, my name is Jackson. Jackson Elias and uh, I needed to use a fake name because I was afraid that Mr. Larkin may have read some of my work in his travels and would have been suspicious of my motives in tagging along but you all seem trustworthy or at least not with him I hope that I am not taking this risk unnecessarily in telling you this I'm not even sure where to begin I'm an author. That's what I do. And uh, a while back, I had been uh, researching a new story uh, as a follow-up to my previous work called The Black Power. I don't know if any of you have read it, but uh, if you have any interest in death cults, it's a good read, but I'm biased. Um, So anyways, I'm gathering information for this new book, and uh, I'm I'm looking through all these various libraries in New York, and I I come upon uh, these legends of uh, the Karisiri. Have you ever heard of the Karisiri? No. No. Is there anything we can roll to know? Um, yeah, like, do, do you have, uh, so I think or? I once ate a very delicious curry series. I don't <laughs> think you did, my, madam, uh, if you knew what they were. But yeah, before he just tells you, I'm curious, uh, what's a good skill? Like, is there a... Electrical repair? Electri electrical yeah, repair. Um, maybe sleight of hand. Or maybe, uh, I don't have that. Could I roll library use to see if I've read yeah. his book? Yeah, there you go. Library use. Why not? Oh, can I? That's I'm gonna. I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, have Holy you ever read smoke. the Black Power? I, I've been hot dice. I smashed it. I think I got that extreme. Man, and here. I I keep failing mine. <laughs> That's why All I stopped right, so rolling. Roll <laughs> a library four use. on a thirty. You've actually read the Black Power. Now, the Black Power wasn't about the Curious Theory, but when he mentions that book, you can tell him that you've read it. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Black Power. Yes, of course. Re- I read that on the read on, on that on a train to Geneva. What a uh, tour through it, old boy. Didn't sleep a wink. Well, what's, it, what's it about? It's about <laughs> Just remind me. It's about death cults mm-hmm. uh, all over the world. Uh, that is something that uh, Jackson yes. Elias is mm-hmm. quite interested Green in. Green man, wicker man, Kali Yuga, the uh, the um. The, the old the old death rituals of the Celts, standing stones, this sort of thing. 
What a small world. Uh, well, this was my fear that Larkin would have read my work, but, uh, you know, I've learned uh, throughout my time on this on this earth that uh, there is no such thing as coincidence. So I'm, I'm, I'm researching for the follow-up to this book, which was a success in my, in my field. And uh, I come upon these legends of the Karisiri. I don't know what struck me about it, but I, 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 I kept digging. And um, they're basically these old tales of, of white-faced vampires who suck the fat out of innocent farmers and their families in the Peruvian highlands. These, these legends go back for centuries. Um... So while this historical information uh, seemed to be mostly uh, fanciful folklore, to me, I, I, I did find that these accounts gained credence when I discovered contemporary stories of, of murder and mutilation in the same locales as these legends right here in Peru. Now, death cults have always fascinated me, and, and this research opened my mind to a whole new direction for my new book. So, at this point, uh, and he's, now he's getting excited, and he's, he's drinking his whiskey, I, I have enough reason to believe that, there, the, 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 that some, some form of pagan ritual was at the root of all these tales of the Karisiri. And people uh, in Lima, as well as obviously in the Highlands, still to this day believe in the Karisiri. But I think it all stemmed from some pagan ritual going all the way back to when these legends started up. There are no vampires, of course, committing these crimes. I think that these attacks were perpetrated by humans, uh, perhaps as some form of human sacrifice. Now, both the legends as well as the current stories, speak of these Karisiri as being white men. So I'm thinking about that. I'm looking more into it. And if you take into account the country's history, I am now working off the hypothesis that these legends arrived uh, or stemmed from the arrival of the Spanish conquistadors in the 16th century. I think when they arrive, a cult arrived with them and has survived all the way to the modern day. The details of the victims in these myths are eerily similar to stories of cults that I know uh, who practice murder as ritual sacrifice as you yourself, uh, Mr. Villas, have read in my book The but Black Power. You're speaking of things that are thousands of years old, old sport. I didn't think those conquistadors were importing anything but popery. Might have just been a, a couple of bad seeds among them that went off, went rogue and started this cult. But it's lasted all the way until today. Surely you can't believe there's people still practicing this sort of rubbish up there in the mountains? Well, oh, I'm the are. biggest skeptic there is. But not when it comes to this. The, 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 the similarities uh, are too, too eerily similar. Hmm. You'd be the surprise the secrets people keep. Wait. It sure is. Margot has not read a death cult book. She's an artist. She's listening to you talk about this like you're talking about, I don't know, what you did yesterday and how cool it was. And she's like, so wait, you're not here to look for treasure. You're here to look for death cult? Precisely. Where, there we are going. Yes. At the mention of death cults, can I do like an occult role to yeah. see if I had mentioned if I had ever read or heard about anything that 
adds up to this. Yeah, sure. I keep rolling so freaking high. Yeah, I know. I failed it. <laughs> You're hot for the wrong game. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just your basic knowledge is that it's not that crazy. Maybe it hasn't come uh, been a big part of your particular studies, but like, there's stories of cults like this. This seems to be what Jackson Elias is way into. Well, Mr. Elias, I have a little theory of my own. See these rhymes? Uh, here you, you find vampires in, in Peru, and when they should be skulking around in the Carpathian forests or over in Romania. You find a pyramid down in Lima when it should by rights be next to an obelisk being gazed upon by the Sphinx. Perhaps it's not that there's some sort of supernatural agency at large in the world, but maybe it's just that the human mind is just that small. And then we just keep endlessly repeating same violent cycles again and again, not able to break out of them. Hmm? Leading to an inevitable conclusion. Yes, yes, I, I, I believe you're on to something with that line of thinking. Now, Even I have a question is for small. you, Jackson. Yes, Mr. Tillinghast. If you're writing a book, you're going to need a great protagonist. I'm going to offer my services. You can base any character you want off of me, but we're going to have to talk royalties. Okay, we're going to have wow. to talk percentages. I'm going to say st- 20% up top. Let me stop you right there. My work is nonfiction. Uh, well, that's probably why no one's heard of it. So maybe let's zhuzh it up a little bit. It's, let's get some it's adventure. It's quite popular in, in, in uh, academic circles. Let's but academic uh, circles, please, sir. Let's get some cleavage in there. Let's get <laughs> some adventure. Let's get some, some rollicking fisticuffsmanship. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. That does sell. But, you want uh, vampires with cleavage. <laughs> yeah, you just, just fight, cleavage fighting each other. Would be one uh, suggestion. Look, I'm just riffing off of the top of you know. I'm only a couple pisco sours deep here, but uh, things are <laughs> things are popping up top here. Let's. There's just seven empty glasses. Let's go there. So pop, there's eating shrimp too for some reason. There's just like finding loose shrimp around. Yes. Loose shrimp. Just I don't know. Is it pickled? What do they do? <laughs> Ceviche. Busty vampires. Oh yeah, you're talking side. vampires. You're like Barney the Var- Vampire. I read that as a kid. I found it on a I, napkin. I get wrapped up in this, and, and I think this is going to be a, a real, uh, I don't know, a real focal point of my next book. Um, I don't know, maybe what you're saying will be a better book, but let's see if nothing comes of this first. Either way, I'm doing this research, and I decide to come to Peru, uh, and I spent four months in the Andean Highlands that we are heading to, um, in the whole region around Lake Titicaca. Just <laughs> Yeah, there it is again. Sorry. Yes, um, Puno. There you go. Get it out of the way. I was meeting and, and befriending the local people and uh, and just researching stories of the Kariseri, and I quickly realized that many of the local people, even to this day, uh, still speak of the Kariseri not as uh, fictional stories from history, but as a, a real, tangible threat. Even now, in modern times, this isn't a ghost story. They they tell their kids before they go to bed, watch out, or the Kari Siri will get you. They truly believe. Don't go into the woods. They're out there. Did you find it easy to get this information from the locals? Oh, they were very forthcoming. Oh. Um, they, they, they believe this to be as, uh, as real as... Um, something you yourself may believe in that others may find ridiculous. Of course, I treated their beliefs with respect, even though I don't believe in such things. 
Now, while some of them could only pass on second-hand accounts, so I had a cousin that was attacked by a carisiri, or my, my great-grandmother was attacked, a few of them actually recounted seeing pale-faced monsters themselves. Either they were attacked by them, or they saw them attacking someone. All of this is to say, going back to my other research, that there is a death cult still active in the region. So I continue digging. I continue digging and continue speaking with the locals. And as, as more word gets around, they keep mentioning a name over and over and over again. Luis de Mendoza. We met that guy. We, sh- we sure did, Mr. Tillinghast. That dude was over there earlier. He sure was. He was giving me a dirty look. Old Grumpelstiltskin. Old Grumples, that's what they called him. What did they say uh, about him besides that? They said he is a man to be feared. That's it? The, just fear? Well, whenever he came up, there was a sign of the cross. and just Watch out for that man. Now, I, while I was not able to, to find any proof of actual wrongdoings on de Mendoza's part, some of them actually referred to him as a carisiri. Where are now, these are, these are very kind, sweet, but obviously simple, fearful people. Um, Locken himself intimated as much during the dinner, but enough of them kept mentioning his name that I, I believed it was worth looking, looking into. And, and at this point, I believe that de Mendoza is a key figure in this Peruvian cult that I'm looking into. So I go looking for him, and I encounter him in Puno. I keep my distance. He doesn't know I'm watching him, but I watch him. I follow him. I take notes. And in so doing, I see his association with another man, Augustus Larkin. That other dude. The other dude, exactly. Uh And ultimately, I hear about Larkin's plan to explore this lost pyramid. Now, I have not confirmed this yet, but... My theories have not been wrong yet. I believe that this pyramid or whatever out there, the surrounding site, are somehow intrinsically linked to this centuries-old death cult. As Larkin said, and he's not wrong, none of the locals will go near the area for fear of what they might find, for fear of Karisiri and ghosts from the past. It's remote, though. It's the perfect spot for cult activity. Well, what do you think will happen if, if we travel with this Dimandosa? Well, we'll have to watch him because there's probably others. Now, I haven't found any of the names of the other cult members, but I imagine that there's a half a dozen to a dozen more people still active in this cult. Larkin himself, while he was in Puno, was trying to recruit some of the locals to go with him on this expedition. And they all refused. No, no, we can't go. We don't go there. And that's why he put this ad in the paper. He wanted to find foreigners that didn't know any of the histories. Or patsies. Perhaps. Perhaps. You don't come with any of the preconceived notions of these ghost stories. So... I, I've come to Lima to follow Larkin and de Mendoza and, and to try and determine their, their true goal in recruiting people like us 
to join the expedition and what this has to do with this cult. So here I am, and, and they're none the wiser. Yeah. Well, thank you for being so forthcoming with us. Well, it's important that you know, because we're all in this now, and there could be danger. But now it's five against two, if they're up to no good. We'll just have to keep our peepers good and open to make sure that they don't try to pull any fast ones while we're on the road. Absolutely. And we may have another ally uh, that will help us. I've uh, been in contact with the professor at this University of San, Mo San Marcos that uh, Larkin mentioned. His name is uh, Professor Nemesio Sanchez. Uh, I wanted to interview him for my book. He's a, an expert on uh, all of the, the, the local history. Well, as we're talking, as I get to know him, we, we become friendly with each other. It comes out that he was interested in joining Larkin's expedition when Larkin put out the call for people. He reached out to him and everything, but Larkin ignored his requests. Perhaps paranoia, because the professor clearly knows more than Mr. Larkin does about the area, about the historical value and significance of what we may find. Maybe he's jealous. Strange, though. Yes, he, he wants people who do not know much about what we are doing. I feel like you would be an asset and you're not interested in, in, in the treasure. Good. That's good. <laughs> yes. Mr. Elias, was it? Elias. Elias, not Elias Jackson. Mr. Jackson Elias. Sorry, I've, I've had a little pisco size. There was a comma in there, I can see. <laughs> yes, it's, Mr. that's how I talk. Implied. I use my last name first. Remember your book clearly. That, uh, no matter how deluded these various cults were, they performed these <coughs> black, as you call them, rituals for a reason. To appease some god or another. To... To have a fortuitous harvest for the year ahead. What are these Kadasiri doing their so-called murders for? That's an excellent point, right? When you think back to more primitive times, they probably believed in some foreign god that didn't exist, that they were giving their sacrifices so that the god would look down upon them favorably, but these modern times, I imagine people don't believe that <laughs> anymore. I do not know. I would not even surmise to guess. That is why I need to go there. I think seeing, it will all become clear why they do this. It's all the more intriguing. But, since we're dealing with people who are play fast and loose, it seems, with the truth, there may come a time when we have to speak in a... Uh, a more international language, what? And here, he kind of, and here Vaughn kind of picks up his bag and pats a little bulge on it. Um, so let's all just keep our eyes good and open. Hmm? Carter's like, I read you, and taps his pocket full of vials of perfume. Waft <laughs> 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 of lavender comes Loud and clear. You see this tiny puff of powder go <laughs> Should we have a safe word or, or like a, a warning word? Uh, 
so we can communicate um, in front of them if something is wrong or I don't know. That's a good idea. Um, Let me consult my. Uh, I brought a list of current slang words. Yes, it should be. It should be a word that's not so common that we wouldn't just randomly say it in conversation. How about giggle juice? <laughs> it yes. means liquor, as you all know, since we all are living now. Yes, I've had too much giggle juice. That's why I fucked up my name. <laughs> but uh, yes, that is smart. And and while I don't condone violence, uh, I don't. It may come to that. I don't know what it is thereafter, but we will not be victims to this cult. We will get to the bottom of it. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but that's this is what I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy just sitting in a library researching. I enjoy getting out there and finding out not only what happened, but no. what's happening. Yes. I, Realize, I, I may not I believe anything about what you've told me about this cult with so-called powers, but I do know what people will do for the power of belief, whether it's a god or love of country. I know what I'll do for those gold cups, I'll tell you that right now. A lot. I'm sure you'll be welcome to take them, although Professor Sanchez may have something to say about that. I wouldn't mention that around him. Uh, the uh, people who are from here do not take kindly to grave robbers, as it were. And maybe that is why Mr. Larkin has not con contacted uh, Mr. Sanchez. Either way, uh, tomorrow I'm to meet with Professor Sanchez. Uh, he has some old documents and artifacts related uh, to the site, or he at least believes related to this lost pyramid site. Um, so I'll be going to the university to look over uh, those documents with him uh, and his assistant. Um, perhaps you would like to accompany me. Yeah. Sure. Yes, I'd love to use the the library there. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I think that would be great. I find it strange that Larkin even suggested it, um, where he ignored this man, but good. Yes. Safety in numbers. Very Let's well. go. Let's try to Let's do walk that. into this little expedition a little less blind than they were before. Dare to know and all that. Semper our day. Hmm? Yes, and do not let on that you know what I have told you. Uh, if they are involved in this cult, of course. they are dangerous men. And as the people said about De, Mo De Mendoza, they are people to be feared. Very well, Dunn's the mouse, yeah. old boy. And if Bob's anything seems untoward, we just have a sip of uh, giggle juice. There it is. <laughs> See, already, you're practicing. I like it. Hmm. Any... Uh, further things to discuss before we call it a night we'll talk more about the book and the, whether it's fiction or non-fiction I've got some ideas I'll scribble some things up tonight yes slip them under my door I'll be sure to read them I think that the protagonist should be named Tartar Tartar yeah like the sauce well just because my name's Carter I don't want people to immediately link it to me so I How feel about like Tartar killing hast. Yeah, that that's great. Fun. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll certainly consider it. Maybe and it's fiction. The, it's the twenties. Everyone's drowning in tartar. I that's, mean, this everyone's is up true. to their ears in tartar. So <laughs> I I don't relate. want to write this book, but uh, we'll, if you, we'll figure it out. We can we'll talk. We're going to be spending a, a lot of time together, hanging out with death cults and outlining whatnot, so. adventures, pulp pulp series. Yes, 
let let we should go to the hotel. I'm very drunk. Um, let's. It's only a ten minute walk. Everything's a ten minute walk, which is nice. Um, so we don't have to rent any cars. Now I, I speak some Spanish, which will be helpful. I got the sense from the way you were interacting the, with the waiters. You don't speak the language, correct? I speak the universal language of charm. Well, that will come in handy, Mr. Tillinghast, or Killinghast. Um, but, however, uh, it's good that uh, it's good that I'm with you because speaking the language will help. Um, let's head back to the Hotel Mori. And so you head outside into the Lima night. Uh, even though the sun is set and now it's 10 o'clock at night or whatever, 10.30, 11, getting late, depending on how long your talk with uh, Mr. Elias went, it's still hot out. And you're in a uh, foreign land, far from your homes. You came here all for different reasons. And now you find out that you're getting into something that isn't what you thought it would be. And so you all go to sleep in this nice enough hotel. Mr. Larkin said it's one of the nicest hotels in Lima, but the fact is there aren't a lot of great hotels uh, in Lima in 1920. It's a, a city that has gone through a lot of, or a country that's gone through a lot of political upheaval, and in the 20s is just starting to see that kind of um, influx of, of a cosmopolitan life, so they don't really have a lot of great hotels, but that said, it's, it's a nice enough hotel. Uh, and you go to bed, some of you, pretty hammered. <laughs> and you wake up the next day, Saturday, the 19th of March, and Jackson Elias tells you uh, you have a meeting with uh, Professor Sanchez at his office at the museum, which is a part of the university, um, at 2 p.m. Is there anything you want to do before you go to the museum? I mean, you're, you're tourists. Um, Margot would like to go to maybe just an art museum and, you know, chill her brain out after that wild night of information. Mm-hmm. So you go in and, oddly enough, they have an, uh, an expressionist exhibit there. Um, wow. You know, I, I came for different inspiration, but it's just nice and homey feeling to see. It's a universal language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you go in and you just look at these paintings and do you think they're, you think your stuff is better or are you wowed by this level of art? Um, I think she's probably a bit more critical than most people would be of it because she's like so close to that type of art. So maybe she's like looking a lot deeper than other people are. Like she's not moving from piece to piece immediately. Like she's really going in while looking at it and critiquing it to herself. What is uh, Feirouz up to? Um, you mentioned that there was a museum of archaeology. Yeah, that's where you're going to head. It's part heading. of the university okay. where Professor Chances is. But you could show up there early and take a tour. I wanted to go check out 
what artifacts they may have from those two different time eras to see mm. if it lines up with the design or if it's very different. Okay. Oh, I like that. All right, so you, maybe you tell the group, like, or you see somebody in the lobby, you're like, I'll, I'll just meet you there yeah. uh, at two, and you head over there. Um, they give you a little tour, and they say, well, well, the university was founded in 1551, uh, which makes it uh, the oldest seat of higher learning in the Americas. Uh, this is all in Spanish. Uh, the museum was only opened two years ago, in 1919. Um And so you, when you, you see this long two-story stone building painted dark yellow, and it's fronted by the university park, and so you know the museum's in there, and so you're in there, and you're looking around, and you do find something from the fifth century, and it looks uh, impeccably similar to what uh, Larkin put on the table. Okay. Um, if you spend some more time, because you have it, if you get up early enough, you also see some 15th century Incan artifacts that also match um, the designs. You see those same geometrical shapes. Not exactly the same, but enough that you think those must have been legit. All right. Well, that gives me some reassurance. Is there... Can I do like a spot hidden to see if there's something that I'm missing within just the general um, design from things in this era or something that's even a little off? Yeah, absolutely. Finally, get a... And this was a 13 under a 75. Oh, yeah. So this is, like, not an extreme. What's What's the most success... Because it's it's in the fifth value. Okay, um, so you're just looking around specifically for what? For just anything else that jumps out at you? Yeah, that's different from what we saw, or perhaps okay. something that just doesn't fit right within the things that were shown to us. Um. Okay, so as you're looking around uh, this, uh, you hear this voice of a, of a young woman uh, behind you, um, and she says, uh, remarkable, isn't it? Fascinating. This is actually the first time I've seen artifacts from this era. Really? Oh, well, it... Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm, it never ceases to amaze me when I walk through these halls. Um and then you turn and you see a, a very young girl, like uh, maybe late, maybe 19, 20 years old. Uh, and she's got a, a bundle of papers under her arm. Um, and she says, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to um, uh, bother you. I, I just, oh, no. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my, on my English and I, I, could, uh, I could tell that you're, you're not from here. Oh, no, I appreciate the help. It's hard. I don't speak Spanish very well at all. So I, it's welcoming. Thank you. Yes, uh, uh, um, my name uh, my name is uh, Trinidad uh, Rizzo. I'm um, uh, I'm an undergraduate student here at the university. I'm I, I'm helping uh, one of the professors. Um, what what is what is your name? Oh, I'm Fay Ruth. Did you are you studying 
Archaeology, what is your area of study? I would say archaeology is probably my, my main area of interest, but I, 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 as, as the more that I study about uh, this area in particular, my, my, I, it's, it's hard to really find a focus. I, you know, I, my professors say I'm still young, I can decide later, but I'm just, I'm just kind of in awe of everything. So yes, probably archaeology. Do I want to be an archaeologist? Maybe. Do I want to be a writer? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm in it right now, and I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm on the verge of, 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 of something new every single day. Well, you sound very excited, and you don't have, you're still young, you can take all the time you need. I studied cryptology. That's currently still am studying cryptology. Cryptology. Oh, well, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, that, 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 that is great. I, I, I don't, I don't know much about cryptology, but I, I, I imagine that, that, that would come in handy. Well, what it is that, what is it that you are, are hoping to, uh, be? Well, I'm not sure if I want to stay within the university and do something there or write books or keep going on expeditions if I like this one, but I'm just fascinated by secrets. Ah, yes. Secrets. Secrets are... They unlock many mysteries, don't they? Yeah. Um, You could sit with a secret for a long time and never quite figure out what it means, but... uh, I, I, I too am, am fascinated by secrets. I mean, look around us. The stories that each of these artifacts must hold. Exactly. And sometimes, you know, the, the way you communicate these secrets is kind of the area, the, my area of research. I, I, I... I'm I'm fascinated by this. I I wish I could speak more, but I'm I'm actually <coughs> I'm actually dead. Are you okay? She's got the same thing as what's <laughs> Oh god. I don't know if this is Troy not feeling well or if this is uh she also has a thing that Does she smell bad? <laughs> Check her veins. Oh my god. Troy, her Polynesian tattoo on her chest, like. <laughs> I'm Troy's just for people who can't see, just slumped over. We don't actually know <laughs> if he's still alive. <laughs> if I was gonna die, yeah, <laughs> I would want it to be. <laughs> well, I helplessly listen to my friend. It's <laughs> was the worst moment of my life, <laughs> and it's been filmed. It's great. It's been recorded. Well, this you is live it. it whenever you want. <laughs> what a way to go. Oh, God. <laughs> Tell my wife I love her. So so you're saying we each get uh, level up, or how does it work before you okay, go? Just... over. <laughs> okay. How do I look? <gasps> hey, oh, like, good. I'm crying. Your eyes are streaming tears. It's perfect. Sorry. Sorry, we I get, get out of very this emotional too. <laughs> Good lord, something flew into my throat. And it was just air. That's what happens when <laughs> you get old air gets a, oh, Did you feel you that air in there? It. That was a big chunk of air. <laughs> That's some hair on that air. <laughs> oh, no. She says, I'm sorry. What the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> Before I started, I, I, tell, I told myself I was going to quit smoking. But I'm, so, I'm a nervous student. Oh. It's okay. Here, she like unravels like a little a little throat lozenge and hands it to. Her. Oh God, thank you. We're sitting here. I'm dying. Why did you hand this to me minutes ago? 
I, you were flailing around too much. I, I didn't want you to choke additionally on that. I'm sorry. I'm under a lot of pressure. School is, school is hard. <coughs> My parents will beat me if I don't get straight A's. Oh, God. Anyways... I'm in the middle of, of helping my teacher, uh, Professor Sanchez, um, working oh. on this project. Um, so I have to fucking get out of here. Okay. Well, I will. I will meet up with you uh, later today. Oh, I'm. Uh, that's uh, very nice, very forward of you. I, I I don't have many friends here at the university. Are, are you, are you, you you want to hang out? Oh. Sure. Uh, I, but you know, my colleagues and I will be meeting with with. With Doctor Sanchez, Professor Sanchez. Oh, uh, later. you're meeting with with Professor yeah, Sanchez. Yes. Uh, oh, I I was under the impression he was just meeting um, Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jackson again. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm a little confused too. I thought that that's. No, but like she probably doesn't know that Jackson Elias is now bringing all of these people. Um, so she, you're spot on. Is she just she didn't know that, and so she's like, oh well, um, wonderful. Uh, well, then I, I guess I'll, I'll speak to you later. Um, perhaps we will unlock some of these secrets together. Mm. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go throw up. You should. Yeah. Away coughing. <laughs> she, just, <laughs> she, takes her, she grabs a handful of lozenges and runs. What are you doing, Carter? <laughs> Don't roleplay with anyone. <laughs> So bad for laughing. <laughs> that was the worst. Oh that was the worst. Sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry, Troy. I've I'm leaving this all in. Keep it all in. <laughs> it has to stay. Oh my god! Don't, so if you edit that out, I'm gonna be so pissed. It's so embarrassing, but like I couldn't, I couldn't control. You know, you just can't control it. I don't know how you could cut it out because. Good lord! Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm excited to spit all this blood up later because clearly I have <laughs> severed something in my throat. <clears throat> Carter, uh, what what are you and uh, Vaughn doing when you meet in the lobby at the breakfast uh, buffet? I think Carter comes down a little later than the breakfast. <laughs> I think he's just sort of, you know, nursing a bit of a hangover, just kind of adjusting his fake face um, <laughs> as he comes down. Um, I don't know, you know, like, uh, he's got, he's a con man, uh, so it says that I, I can have contacts, maybe I could kind of go to some nefarious place, although I don't know if the whole not knowing Spanish thing is going to be an issue. Well, good thing is, like, you could always find somebody to help translate for you, and there are plenty of people that speak English, so you could easily have a contact that... It's bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, because I'm just wondering, like, would they have, would they be trying to, we're the, we're based, they're not, like, hiring muscle, right? They're hiring us. They're, they're using us as these stooges to go on this thing with them. So maybe I'll wait on that until we have okay. a better sense of what they're But you're just thinking in, in the back of your head, like, you have your own reasons for being a part of this. Like, you're in it for the treasure. Now, uh, Jackson Lies is telling you, like, yeah, it's not about the treasure, it's about this other thing. So you might be like, all right, I need a backup plan here. Right. I don't know. I mean, I just think he's so driven by this potential uh, treasure and what that could mean for his life um, that he's kind of willing to toss aside some of the more uh, common sense what left? What's left of it in his brain? Uh, hmm. What didn't get kicked out by the horse? Um, 
So I think he's just kind of like, I mean, free trip, like free hangout in Peru in Lima. Could be worse, right? Is there a continental breakfast? What are we talking about down here? Sadly, you miss <laughs> breakfast. They stop serving at 11. Ah, the time change is what really got me. Yep. More than slept the, in. More than the alcohol. <laughs> Three bottles of gin. What about Vaughn Villiers? What is Vaughn up to uh, the morning before your two o'clock meeting? I think, uh, um, yeah, also wakes up with a screaming hangover, but that's not new for Vaughn. Um, just like cold compress of wet rag over his eyes, like coming down, grabbing a couple of things from this from the breakfast table. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, like and smoking his way through it as he makes his way out. And um, like he wants to learn more about these uh, Karasiri. Uh, that one's name, fa- I bet that one's fake. A name that evokes uh, profound uh, reactions and all that here. While he's composing himself, yeah. you guys see, keep saying this word, and I don't know how to spell it. Karasiri? I don't know that we've ever had like a spelling. Is it Karasiri or Karisiri? Karisiri? Karasiri. Don't know. K H. Yeah, we don't know it yet. Uh, okay. I thought it was the only one who like didn't know what this word was. Okay. <laughs> I'll put it in the chat. Um, you muted. <laughs> I'll put it in the chat here um, as my final okay. words. My final act on this. Earth. This my final act on Great. this earth. But honestly, I feel like, yeah, I, um, so yeah, I, I, Vaughn goes to, if there is like a, a bookseller, maybe not a library, but just like a, a bookseller where there might be books in lots of different languages and searching for ones on like local customs and, or history of the area, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so you start looking up, uh, Kari Siri and you see that they're also, uh, referred to um, in mythology as uh, pishtacos. They're just like mythological boogeymen uh, in the Andes region of South America, particularly in Peru and Bolivia. Um, and, and, and it's mainly in Peru that they're known as Carisiri, but they go by a lot of different uh, terms. And it, it's very similar to tales of creatures like this all over the world. They all kind of have the same thing, this boogeyman quality to them. In Peru, they're known as Carisiri. They might be known as the boogeyman in uh, in America. Um, Pishtaco in Bolivia. Um, it's crazy that Elias thinks that they, this, there might be some actual historical credence to this, that like, no, there's no vampires running around. There's yeah. a death cult going around killing people, and it links back to the arrival of the conquistadors, and that's why people think they're all white-faced men, because they're descendants of yeah. the Spanish conquistadors. One thinks all of that is ridiculous, but, thinks, <coughs> but does know that the power of belief can inspire people to do um, irrational things, and has a perverse thrill um, that, that, that he is walking into danger, because he believes that like he's... He's cheated death, and he's living on on borrowed time. Every every day is one snatch from snatch from the jaws. So once more into the breach, and um, and uh, maybe maybe just before like takes out of his pocket a folded and folded and folded little um couple pages of paper, 
this poem written by his friend in this crabbed, tight hand. And it's in that sort of, like, 20s style of, like, the wasteland. Just this, like, uh, litany of, of, of images from, like, mythology and around the world. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll see it with see it with my eyes but you could not I'll live your words and uh goes to make the little uh rendezvous and so all of you have your things you do in the morning wake up late miss the breakfast buffet (laughs) go to an expressionist (laughs) exhibit talk to your friend's letter while researching Kaiser Soze or go to the museum ahead of time and run into this enthusiastic, uh, very ill woman. Um, (laughs) And so eventually you all head to the uh, Museo de Archeologia y Antropologia at the Universidad Nacional Mayor de San Marcos. I don't know Spanish at all. Professor Sanchez has an office on the ground floor. It's an airy, tall-ceilinged room that uh, Jackson Elias walks you into. White walls, shelves full of books and artifacts. And dominating the room is a, a large hardwood desk piled with papers, books, journals, where it's summer, like I mentioned before. Uh, he has the windows open to air out the room and it's nice. It feels nice in here. You see Professor Chan- Sanchez. Uh, he's slim and dapper, with neatly oiled hair and a well-groomed beard. He looks like a professor. He's got glasses, and where he's uh, actively teaching, he's wearing a suit. Very professional-looking. Um, and he looks surprised when he sees the five of you show up, as he was only expecting Elias. But once Jackson explains the situation... He is happy to meet you and uh, include you in the discussion. He speaks passable English uh, and tries to accommodate you where you don't speak Spanish. He knows that Elias does. (coughs) That's the worst day of my life. (laughs) And he says, um, when I uh, saw the press coverage, I uh, reached out to offer help to this Mr. Larkin, only to be ignored. Uh, I thought maybe he didn't get my message, so I continued to be uh, gently persistent to him, uh, sending Mr. Larkin a a number of letters uh, uh, containing specific advice on the region uh, and and offers of my my help and my knowledge. But uh, every time, I have only been rebuffed, and uh, all of my correspondence has gone uh, unanswered, as you say. The representation of the uh, museo here is such that I I do not understand why Mr. Larkin would not want my help. It seems suspicious to me. Perhaps he wants to loot the site without interference from a local such as myself. There are no, um, how you say, legal 
restrictions in Peru to prevent foreigners from doing this. I like that. That's good. No, no, no. This is not good. No, that's uh, bad. That's a bad thing. You're right. That's horrible. Yes, this oh, frust- frustrates me deeply. It, people yes. who, yes, people who would uh, remove my country's treasures in such mm-hmm. a manner, we call them uh, waqueros. Oh. Yes, this is a uh, Quechua word. Um, it translate. How would you say, Mister Elias? And he says, uh, like a grave robber. Yeah, that's that sounds awful. That's unless if you think about it. Unless the grave robbers could do a lot with that money. What if, like, what if a grave robber took what they stole, but then used that money uh, for good? Makes you think. Yes, that is, that is like, not usually the case. Well, you don't know. I mean, you don't know any, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't know somebody's motives. Um, I'm just saying, it, it's there's no black and white in this world. It's all kind of just gray. Yes, yes, a, a most gray area, says Von Villiers, thinking of the British Museum and tugging at his collar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, imperialism in general, you know, but, but, but who are we to say where an item belongs? Is not everything made of atoms? You know, well, I don't want to get too heady here. Whatever your uh, interests may be, he looks at uh, Elias, and Elias is like, no, he's cool. The half-faced guy is cool. Uh, at this point, uh, after being ignored, I, I believe that my only recourse is to uh, identify the exact location of this pyramid myself and, and get there first. But now uh, time is running out. Uh, apparently, uh, Mr. Larkin, uh, as Mr. Elias uh, tells me, is um, leaving on Monday. So That's right. I asked one of my students who I work with, uh, Trinidad uh, Rizzo, is her oh, name. Oh, yeah. She's a wonderful student. What's that? I met her earlier. You did? Oh, were you taking in the museum? I was. I just, uh, you know, I like to get here bright and early. Oh, she's wonderful. Uh, she is, she has been so helpful. Uh, she will be light years ahead of me uh, when she is 20 years younger than me at this rate. Um, so her, her and I have been working together, uh, going through the uh, university uh, library and archives for any possible information about uh, this pyramid. Recently, we find something. We find a, an old document dating from the mid-16th century, written by a, uh, a conquistador by the name of Gaspar Figueroa. And we believe that this document refers... To the site in question. Problem is, it is uh, difficult to read. Um, so, Miss Rizzo, my assistant, uh, has been working on a, on a summary that picks out the pertinent details. Uh, we almost have it finished because we know we are under the gun here with uh, Mr. Larkin taking off. I, I actually. Um, just asked her to run uh, to the storeroom uh, below me to get this artifact that we think will help kind of round out uh, the remaining parts of this translation. She should be along here uh, any minute to join us in this meeting. I'm actually surprised uh, she is not back by now. 
You have an artifact from the site? Not quite, but it's an artifact from that period that had similar writings on it that we uh, could uh, help uh, sort of help us decode uh, some of this language. Uh, The local uh, language at that time uh, was even more complicated than the indigenous languages that even I do not speak fluently. So we were trying to use our translations of this old artifact to help us crack this cold. uh, It's it's, it's not it's not my my main ex- area of expertise, but together we we are very close. Um, well, once can you I returns, help you a um, with that? Sure, we will be able to. Cry. I am you surprised. Want us to, you want us to go take a gander to see if we can find her? I that would be fine. Uh, Actually, you know, she probably just, there's so much stuff down there. She is so inquisitive. She may have just uh, come upon something else that uh, grabbed her interest. But if you'd like to go down there, uh, you are you are more than welcome as as friends of Mr. Elias. There may be other things down there. You just obviously listen to her. There are things you can touch and cannot touch. But uh, let her know that we are uh, in a hurry. She is <laughs> she is a firecracker. I'm sure she just saw something down there that caught her attention. But you just go, and he gives you the directions to the storeroom. Yeah, let's go. Let's okay. go uh, get her. We got a chop chop here. Yeah, I'm sure we could help her out with translating. All right, so he gives you the directions, and you walk out of the office. You turn a corner, and you walk down a short hallway uh, to a staircase leading down. You go down the staircase, and uh, it turns, and it turns in a way that you realize you're walking. Uh, in a direction that would lead you directly under Professor Sanchez's office. There's a long, dimly lit corridor stretching ahead of you. It's the weekend, Saturday afternoon, so the basement is quiet. There's no students or anyone else running around down there. It's empty. It's dark. It's quiet. Is it so quiet that I could not try to listen with a oh, skill no, you of mine listen. called listen? Go ahead and listen. Let me just use these ears. You know? They're on my head for a reason. I, uh, I, I succeeded. You succeeded? Regular success? Uh, it's a, th- yeah, I think, well, what, what's the threshold again? Uh, 50% or uh, one half value or one-fifth value? I got uh, half. What'd you roll out of I, what? I rolled a 30 out of 60. Okay, so that's uh, that's a hard success. Right. So you actually do hear something as you walk down this hall. You see a single door at the end of this hallway, and the door is ajar. There's like a padlock hanging from a latch. Um, there's no other door, so this must be the storeroom. And you hear this very strange sound um, coming from beyond the door that's almost like a... Like a like a gasping for air kind of sound. Guys, I don't want to alarm anyone, but I'm hearing a gasping for air kind of sound. You don't uh, suppose that young woman is experiencing some sort of terrible respiratory distress? Yeah, that woman you said who had the who had the TB that you met earlier. <laughs> she must she go was help her. a lot. Well, did did. She's, did, you, did it sound like a woman's voice? Did it sound... I think when you're gasping for air, it's less of a gender thing and more of just like a like a desperate intake for oxygen. <laughs> um, That's fair. I just think le- maybe we could just kind of sneak in there. Or kind of not 
He's so Just not run in. I, I like that. Like not running. Yeah, okay. can I like do, can I like stealth my way over? Yeah, just to see. Um, if- couple of different ways you can do this. You can do a group stealth roll, which means the person with the worst stealth rolls it. Or yeah. one of you who is trained in stealth and feels pretty good can go up and scout ahead and only they roll. Uh, I got a 40. <laughs> Does anybody have anything better? than I also have a 40. 35. So since I listened, Carter's like, you know, I can hang back. It's probably... However you want to work, you know. I'm trying to be equal rights here with the lady male thing. Like, if, since I listened, if you want to stealth, put yourself sort of closer to the danger. I feel like you know I'm not one to <laughs> whatever you want to do. Carter, right. cowardly I'm, decrees. I'll I'll roll a stealth, and I've I've got you know I got a pistol with me if there's anything that's oh, you got, oh yeah. Fishy, but we're we're in a museum. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> such an ally. I rolled a 36 under 40. Yeah! Wow! Nice. Okay, so you kind of look at the group and you're like, hold on. And you walk slowly up towards the door that is ajar. And you look into the storeroom and you see that it is filled floor to ceiling with evenly spaced rows of shelves. And most of the shelves are packed with crates, boxes, bags containing a a huge variety of all sorts of artifacts of historical interest. I mean, this is like a a, a Christmas morning for someone like you. Mm. Um, Everything is neatly labeled and everything is clean and well kept. The lighting in here is terrible, and because the sh- the stacks, uh, the shelves are so packed, uh, it's not only difficult to see very far in or into the other rows, but like only y- you could only walk one person single file, and at times the stuff is bulging so much you have to kind of slide by. But you do see up ahead in the dim light what looks like a mess of artifacts on the floor. And do I, am I able to, at this point, hear where that sound was coming from? Well, you peek in, and you do hear that gasping sound that Carter heard coming from the direction of this pile of artifacts. I look to the group, and without saying a word, I put my finger to my lips and kind of motion for them to come over slowly and quietly. So they come sneaking up behind you. And do you enter? Uh, Once everybody's there, I will point out the, again, without saying anything, because this is weird, I'm getting creeped out by that sound. Uh, I just point out to the artifacts. Yeah, and they kind of, they're just looking over your head because it's still journey. Well, this is Scooby-Dooing it. Yeah. With <laughs> like their a heads sitcom. Scooby-Doo. Right. <laughs> full head stack. Yes. On, on this little journey over there, you maybe realize that Von Villiers' footfalls are a little bit heavy and and unstealthy, and that is because maybe you n- didn't notice, but he's there's a pronounced hitch in his gait. Mm. He's, he is noticeably limping. Okay. So he clods up behind you, and, and there, you're kind of trying to look past uh, Feyre's to see this, and you do see like a pile, and you you can kind of hear that gasping, but it's so tight in there. So someone's going to have to go up by themselves. 
or with the other people like squeezing in behind them. Um, I'll I'll go in if. So okay. Come. All right. Um, Margo wants to go in just because she wants to help whoever's in here. <laughs> so she'll go in after you. And I'm happy. Yeah. Not wish anyone's here. It just like right now occurs to both Nora and Feyruz that maybe <laughs> if uh, if um, Trinidad was was coughing and wheezing so much earlier. I, she wants to see if maybe she's in, in any sort of danger or distress. Right. It's hard to know where the role-playing started. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like slow, right, exactly. slow death began. This, this, is, this is less suspicious and more like, like, oh, this is a first aid situation. Yeah. Um, this would be I the know. biggest bait and switch I've ever done as a game master. <laughs> right. God, with that in mind, the whole time. <laughs> with that in mind, as a veteran, hearing hearing gasping that like, like I, I think there's just like in that like <gasps> sound, there's just like a flash, and for a second you see uh, like Vaughn in a gas mask, face to face with someone else in a gas mask, and you just hear the <gasps> all around and like a tweet over the top and boom, back. And it's like, I'll go, I'll go. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, Vaughn will, will go to the sound. Nudge to try to administer Fair first aid. So are you guys all going in? Hey, I think I'm already in at this point, yeah. yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Car's just yeah. like, just, everyone's just gonna go in? Everyone's just gonna leave me here? <laughs> yes, sir. She's probably fine. That's, okay, okay. Oh, all right, we're going in, we're going there's in. There's artifacts on the ground, like, thinking if, if that'll, pers- uh, like, um... You persuade him to come in. Like, she's already taking a nap. I mean, she loves all this stuff. Maybe it's like, you know, it's like teddy bears, but they're artifacts. So okay. Vaughn edges past Feyruz and uh, just walking sideways through here. Feyruz follows right on Vaughn's heels and uh, Margo goes in next and Carter just... <laughs> just okay. uh, all right, that's what, yeah, sure, that's fine. I'm we'll a team go. player. Let's do it. And so you walk up behind and, and the four of you are just walking in through this tight tight space and Vaughn you're up front you reach the end of the second row of the stacks and you see all these papers and relics lying all over the floor extending into the next aisle to the left past what you can see ahead of you until you get to this uh, the end of the stacks and you see half buried under a pile of artifacts that look like they've been pulled off the shelves, the body of a woman. And Feyruz, you get up there as well, because it's a little uh, wider. We're in that space between the stacks. And you see a slightly built woman with curly black hair that looks exactly like the woman you spoke to in the museum. But Uh now she is emaciated beyond recognition almost to the point of mummification and you see on her upper chest there is a large disc of torn bloody flesh and her shriveled face is frozen in a mask of terror eyes still wide and staring and we'll see you next week what the heck (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One hell of a cough. They don't laugh yeah. now. I have some tea with lemon, week. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Honey, maybe a little honey. Oh, God. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.